How's it going, everyone? Welcome to the Pangiri Podcast. God dang it. And I forgot to mute myself. There we go. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to the Pangiri Podcast, a weekly live video podcast celebrating all things geek from an all-diverse perspective. And what we do is we talk about TV, film, video games, all the cool things covering all the nooks and crannies of fandom. My name is Earl Balon. I'm an actor, improviser based in Los Angeles, California, and my favorite cinematic dragon is Toothless. From How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, my God. You're really going <laughs> to do that to us. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> I'm Jen Zhang. I am an actor, writer, artist, and uh, my favorite cinematic dragon is... Maybe it's Mushu. I don't know. I love him. Aww. Oh, that's a Mushu, good one. Mushu works. <laughs> an obvious one. You just took a good the one. one. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. My name is Caitlin. Uh, Caitlin. Today, I'm Caitlin. Hey, what's up, Caitlin? <laughs> nice to meet all you guys. I'm Caitlin. <laughs> I'm a filmmaker, a writer, a direct, uh, an actor, and a musician. And uh, I guess my favorite cinematic dragon since Earl took Toothless is uh, Drogon. <laughs> okay. From Game of Thrones. Yeah. That works. Um, and my name is Andy Lowe. I am a director and producer based in Los Angeles. Favorite cinematic dragons. You guys took all the obvious ones. Um, can I just say Sean Connery? How's that? I'll just say Sean what? Connery. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dragonheart, yes. I am the last one. Oh, the last no. dragon. <laughs> no, that's a good one. Sean Connery. That is, that is a cinematic dragon. Dragon, dude. <laughs> it absolutely is. Uh, thank you. I just want to say a uh, shout out to everybody in the chat. Angfernal, Oddball, Wrecker ALC. Um, thank you for being here. Thank you and welcome everybody to uh, the season finale of uh, season two of Pangeekery. Yeah. <laughs> so we got a lot. We got a chock full episode for you today. We have a, a few special guests. First of all, we're going to have Eugene Cordero on from um, uh, Tacoma FD, from uh, The Mandalorian, from uh, Star Trek Lower Decks. And uh, later on, we are going to be talking to Kaju Baldissimo and uh, Budget uh, Tan, uh, creators of the Tresse uh, graphic novel, soon to be turned into a Netflix series. So we got a lot of stuff going on today. But uh, once again, before we do start, I would like to remind everybody to hit us up on the Twitch chat because, well, you're already here, but like hit us up, uh, hit up our Discord server. We'll put that link in chat. And uh, a little announcement later, we do have a Patreon, uh, even though this is our, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, definitely. Uh, just um, a another reminder. This is our season finale. And even though this podcast, this stream is going away for uh, a couple months, we will still have uh, streams over um, the, the course of our break, as well as uh, some content coming out. So please do tune in. Keep tuned in uh, on our Discord because we'll probably put a lot Keep of stuff in there. Keep tuned in. Keep tuned in. <laughs> Stay tuned in. <laughs> Keep that tune in tune. Please like us. Tune, tune in, the, in the tunes. Tune, tune. Anyway. It just keeps getting better. <laughs> yes, it's all. This is going to be great. All right. Thanks, Caitlin. Caitlin. <laughs> Kaplan. Let's say Caitlin wrong this whole evening. I wrong this episode. I don't know, but it's going to be awesome. It's you just got very Cape, Filipino there. Cape, Cape, yeah. Cape, 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 Cape. Okay. Um, <laughs> without further ado, let's introduce our first uh, without further ado, let's uh, introduce our first guest, Mr. Eugene Cordero. Hey, hey. hey. hi. Thanks hi, for hi. Us, man. Hey. 
What's Welcome up? so much. Thanks to you. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, of course. I'm happy tonight, to um, to be here tonight. This <laughs> this eve. So you are uh, you have an impressive IMDb, my friend. Um, you're an actor, an improviser, filmmaker. Can you talk a little bit about how you got into the business? Um, I mean, I mean, I was uh, I, I did theater in high school and stuff, and then went to college uh, for acting. And then uh, in New York, moved to New York, studied uh, acting there, and then got into uh, the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. Nice. Got like involved with them, pretty deep. And then uh, and then kind of uh, had my career kind of molded by uh, what I thought was fun, based off you know a lot of the people that were also being creative in that space and then um and then moved out to LA and uh you know continued to put my head down and audition for a bunch of stuff that um sucked and then a bunch of great stuff <laughs> and then you know got a mix of uh of both and uh and luckily now you know get to be involved with a lot of awesome things so i feel really lucky so, so just uh, oh go ahead I was going to say, you've been doing improv like forever, you know, so I, yeah. what, what got you like to be first interested in it? And did you have any like particular challenges you had to overcome? Like while you were learning how to do that? Um, yeah. I mean, uh, initially, you know, I think, you know, shows like whose line is it anyway and stuff was at like the British version and then like the <laughs> Drew Carey version were on TV so it was interesting, but I, I didn't really find it funny until I went to New York and saw an improv show live. Mm -hmm. And that experience was just so different and sweet and awesome. And I just never could see myself. I, I liked comedy. I don't consider myself a, like a comedian. I consider myself a comedic actor. And I think seeing improv made it feel like it was still kind of theatrical and and it's like a theater warm-up type thing uh so it didn't feel as like comedy like you're a comedian as like doing stand-up uh mm -hmm. so i i really enjoyed it and i just like got uh really excited about doing that and doing sketch and you know and and having fun that way so you know and and then you know there was a bunch of challenges um i mean you know real talk the, the hard thing was there wasn't that many people like us that were doing it when I was starting. And, right. uh, and so, you know, a lot of the references would either go over my head or my references would go over their head. And then it just felt like I was kind of improvising in a bubble in this world where it was all about everybody being on the same page. And so it just made it a little bit tough, you know, uh, but that's that's what diversity in improv kind of was back then. And, you know, still the kind of the challenge of it now is like, you know, the whole mentality of group mind. Everybody has to be open to what that means. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately, things are changing. So there's more of it. But, you know, back then it was kind of uh, yikesies. Yikes. <laughs> so, uh the uh like uh, you mentioned um whose line is it in any way was it like the difference between like watching that because that was like more short form and then going to ucb and seeing something long form was that like the big difference for you that made you change your mind about improv 
You know, I actually started in short form first because that's what I saw yeah. first. And that was, and, you know, not to date myself too hard, but when I first moved to New York, the UCB weren't there yet. They just got there when I right. got there. So they hadn't started doing their long, I hadn't seen long form. I hadn't been, I'd been to Chicago because I'm from Detroit, but I hadn't seen long form improv before. So I was kind of getting caught in short form because it was still kind of, you know, um, it was still the fun. It was still the fundamentals were the same. Uh, They are the same for both. So I was, I was getting excited about the fundamentals and learning it. So uh, I was I was into short form, but then when I saw long form, and so, saw that it was just like a word, and then you go for uh, you know a half hour, an hour, I was like, ooh, that's even more freeing. And I mean, right. it's so artsy and so theatery, <laughs> but like at the same time, I was like, ooh, I love it, you know. Dude, I saw you and uh, Joe Wenger do like a um, a two man improv at uh, Comedy Comedy Festival like two or three years ago. <laughs> And I oh, forgot right. what the word is, but like y'all, those were the hardest I must have laughed at a two-person set in like a long, <laughs> long, long time. Oh wow! And, uh, yeah, it was it was excellent. You you guys are amazing. I, but, yeah. I remember you. that show. I remember that show in that carpeted room. Yeah, dude, was, in the, like, the Japanese garden. <laughs> yeah, you're just standing yeah. in front of a carpeted room, and you're like, I got to do comedy here. <laughs> but you know with just the two of us it made it a little bit easier because we could kind of like lean into and relax into it and he's one of those guys you know who um right. i feel totally supported with and i've also known him for you know um, most of my life in improv like in new york we performed together so then moving out to la it was just you know exciting so nice yeah are you about three years ago at filipino af and you were in that Oswang next door short. I think that was directed by Bernard. Yeah. Um, and I saw you perform and I was like, this guy is the best one on stage. He's so funny. <laughs> I didn't know who you were. I'm like, he's like killing the others. He's slaying them. <laughs> and then I went up to you afterwards. I was like, competition. Yeah, I know. Right. I was like, you're really good. You know that, right? Like, you're really good. Like, you should be famous. And you were just like. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I didn't know who you were. I was like, well, you should be on TV. Seriously. Are you on TV at all? Are you yeah. on TV? <laughs> I will say that even though that does, it feels and it is ultimately in life like a compliment to hear that you're the be- you're slang as an improviser. You're only as good as your weakest but, link, right? And you feel you do feel that weird thing where like yeah. you, you're up there as a group. And if somebody comes up to you, you're like, hey, hey, hey. What are you doing? <laughs> Stop it. Come here. Talk, talk, talk to everybody TV. or talk to nobody. Please. <laughs> <laughs> or like, of course, everyone you know, like, pull me aside. Pull me aside. Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. You son of, of a bitch. <laughs> Eugene went for it again. God damn it. <laughs> You're really good. I know. So that's uh, you know, just you just go back to your your credits. Like, okay, we've of course we've talked about the Asian AF shows, um, mm-hmm. but you've been on um, Steven Universe, Arrested Development, Hawaii Five O, Key and Peel, uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine, wow. Deep, Crazy Ex Girlfriend, The Good Place, Drunk History, um, and of course um, on on uh, Kong Skull Island. So what was it? I mean, what are there are some huge stars and people that you've gotten to work with. What are who are some of your favorites that you you um you got the chance to work with? 
We lost your audio. audio. Uh oh. <clears throat> we'll never know. It's a mystery. <laughs> no. We're going to intermission. I <laughs> know, no. Sorry. <laughs> So I'm just gonna say what's up to the chat while uh, we <laughs> fix <guy>. this uh, <laughs> this audio issue. Mitch, what's up, man? Ang Fernal, how you guys doing? Um, yeah, sorry, no Lovecraft company today, but we do have like a lot of guests, so we're going to uh, still have a lot of fun. And uh, honestly, I haven't watched, I haven't kept up, I haven't watched. I don't know if anybody else has. You're, you're not allowed to say that. We're on top of what? everything, Earl. Yeah, we're on <laughs> we top. Watch I'm sorry, every we're episode top before everyone of else. Does. Every show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like every uh, uh, Below Decks episode, we've watched that. Um, but, well, again, <laughs> again. You're not hearing me? Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Now I'm here. He's back, Weird. folks. Um, but that's, I don't know why. Um, now I'm just, do I sound different than I was before? Yeah, I think like you're on your filtered. webcam. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm wondering if, how about oh, now? There you go. go. You're back. Back on the mic. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. I don't know what happened. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. Um, uh, what was I saying? Something. So, uh, ultimate, <laughs> um, oh no, yeah, no, you, go you liked yeah. working with. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's weird because you know um, a lot of the time I'm just excited to work with my friends, mm. so right. like, and, and people that I like came up with. So it was like working with Jordan Peele and and and. Um, working with like Nick Kroll and those guys was just like awesome. I get to work with my friends. Oh, that's so cool. Um, but then, you know, but then there's the crazy feeling to be like, oh yeah, I'm mm-hmm. in front of, you know, Samuel L. Jackson and you know, um, Hiddleston and and mm-hmm. and Brie Lar- Like Kong was like heavy hitters, you know, like right. It was like a real deal you know, big budget movies. So they had a bunch of big budget people there. And, you know, the cool thing is, is, you know, situations like, you know, John Goodman and John C. Riley. it's like I get opportunities to work with these people that I've been huge fans of. And, and you know, of course, huge fan of, of Samuel Jackson. Um, and then like, you know, and then anybody from like Steve Carell to, I don't know, like, uh, Don Cheadle. I mean, it was just kind of like, it was awesome. And, and a lot of the time, what's really cool is I feel like I get to, I get the fortunate opportunity to, uh, work with people multiple times. Right. Um, So then I get to develop like real relationships with a, a bunch of cool people. And, um, and that's, that feels really special to me. Um, you know, there, there's also, you know, people that obviously like my folks were more excited and my, my titas and my titos were more excited about than I was like, they were like, you know, huge Clint Eastwood, you know, <laughs> they're like, Oh gosh, Clint else. Eastwood, I, you know, like he's the best. And I'm like, you know, he would hate all of us. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but oh, at the God. same time, you know, true? he's just, right. you know, but then that's the same, you know, time. It's like you're working with like Michael Pena and and Bradley Cooper. So it's like cool. It's cool. Right. I'm, I mean, yeah. I just I do feel lucky and I and I try to I try to get all my work done before I show up to set so I can actually enjoy mm-hmm. um, seeing. Yeah. And being with a bunch of cool people. Oh, that's the dream. It's such so a dream. You, 
Go ahead. Uh, so Eugene, we were actually on the same episode of uh, Bajillion Dollar Properties, like way back in the day, I think. Yeah. But we we never. It's filmed like um, vignette style, so we were yeah. not in the same vignettes, but we were on the same episode. And I saw it, I was like, "How? Why didn't I? Why didn't you put me in this one? I could." But oh yeah, yeah what season were you? So you were in season three. I was in season three. It was the or one two, with Stephen Yoon. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So then that, so the first, yeah. So this, I, I was a became a regular on that show in season three and four. I think. Right. Or, yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that, I love that show, man. It was, yeah, it was, was a lot so of fun. fun. Talk about improv. Like we just, right. you know, it was really loose and they're just like, it was real loose. Something. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. That's a blast. Uh, why? Yeah. Why can't we be in the same? I mean, I know. What, yeah, there'll be something else. <laughs> Next time. There'll be there plenty. There'll be only yeah. one. I know. Be I know. Not anymore. <laughs> Hopefully that's <laughs> changing, man. Yeah. I know. We're working on it. We're working on it. Yeah. And oh. we're making some progress. Come on, guys. I agree. I agree. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Let's not forget. <clears throat> well, at least like all the auditions aren't for like Kung Fu Master and Scientist anymore. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and at forget, least I'm going up trying. against at least I'm going up against other sometimes filipinos but at least other up against other asians now where it's right. it used to be a little bit of a mix where you know a lot of the time casting and and stuff didn't know what they wanted so it was just kind of like for some of us that look kind of ethnically ambiguous they just kind of throw you in as like the fourth choice you know right right <laughs> can't tell what asian so gang member in. number four yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah so, and I, I know that one <laughs> yeah. So let's move into uh, into Star Trek here. Um, yeah. So you are Ensign uh, uh, Rutherford on uh, Star Trek Lower Decks. Uh, so what was your relationship with Star Trek? Were you much of a fan uh, prior to this, or? Um, you know, my my uh, my dad was into like the OG series. Um, nice. And then uh, when I was in college, I would I would see a few episodes. I I wasn't like a diehard. But um, I saw uh, quite a few episodes. My roommates were into it, into it, mm. into it. And I would be coming like in and out to maybe go to like start doing like improv. Like I was really in college. I was like, oh, improv is this really cool thing. So I was I remember leaving a lot at night to like go see another underground comedy show or this, that and the other thing where the other guys were, you know, either playing like Final Fantasy and then watching like, yes. you know. Um, watching, uh, uh, you know, Next Generation episode. And I would be one of those nice. guys who would walk by. They walk and by would, and casually look at the screen. <laughs> look at the screen. And, and it would be kind of like, I, I, I treated it kind of like I watch um, a Law and Order. So like yeah. you watch the cold open and you're like, and am I going to like this episode? And if I do, then I'm, maybe I'll stick around <laughs> for the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. If if there's like if it's if it's close to water and it's like something like that, I'll probably not watch it. But if like the murder happens <laughs> when somebody's running in the park, I'm like, oh, OK, it's like a park situation. I'll watch this episode. So then like it was the same with like Picard's like Captain's Log. If it sounded kind of neat and weird, you know, and I got into that, then I would stick around and, you know, hang out with my roommates. But if not, I like left to go watch some now, comedy. 
So when you got this role, did you uh, did you like reach out to any of those roommates to just kind of like, okay, what do I need to know about Star Trek? Or <laughs> oh yeah, you know, I reached out to. Well, you know, when I auditioned for it, it they gave me fake sides, and uh, it was fake sides, and and they didn't tell you that it was a Star Trek thing. Did, the, so, did you get like an actual character breakdown for for Rutherford or? No, 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 no. It was mainly just like it was a lot of fake sides that involved a lot of techno babble, kind of like mm. trying to right. get whatever. And it wasn't Star Trek techno babble. It was just kind of like general <laughs> techno babble. They want right. to see if you can babble. It, yeah, yeah. See if you can babble and, and play. And then, and that was like for round one. And then by the time you, I, I got into the second the second round of it they gave me actual sides okay. and uh and told me what the show was and then at that point i kind of freaked out and was like shit i gotta <laughs> i gotta watch some you know and it was just kind of like trying to gauge where in the timeline it fit so like what to watch around there and and you know and and what you know what timeline it was following if it you know right um so so then I ended up, you know, sitting down and watching a bunch of, uh, you know, brushing up on a bunch of, um, of uh, uh, TNG, you know, and just mm-hmm. making sure that I, w- I was up on it enough to kind of gauge who I was most likely closer to in style of character um, uh, uh, as far as um, mentally, but not like actually playing right. that. Um, so, it, it, you know, and it felt like, you know, it felt like a mix of kind of that um, engineer, you know, like, like uh, Jordy, you know, yeah. and uh, right. big fan and, and that. So I just kind of like played into that a little bit more and then just kind of tried to focus in on like a younger, fresh out of college version of that, you know. I mean, I gotta say that's something I really enjoy about your character. Uh, that he is—he is basically like the the optimism of Gene Roddenberry incarnate, right? I mean, you are so excited about being on the ship, uh, you know, and doing all of this. I mean, there's there's a lot of that um, that that exuberance that kind of comes out. I'm kind of curious, like, so how much of your your uh, your improv background is coming? Like, are they building this character around you? I mean, I know Mike uh, McMahon is comes from Rick and Morty. So he has a lot of experience kind of improvising with performers. Like, are you involved in this process at all? Or, um, I, you know, I am to a certain extent. Um, it, it's, it's written pretty tight. Um, so, uh, since it's, it's written so tight and, you know, it, it definitely has its own pace. Uh, we try to stay pretty close to it, especially when it is a lot of Rutherford, techno babble trying to get like these ideas across but still having the energy of it being you know exciting and fun so a lot of that time i'm just like focusing on getting that right but then when it's like within the world of that then we get a little bit of room to kind of play but you know i'm 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 doing a lot of my um work just kind of in trying to make those lines feel as natural as possible and playing within that. So I'm really just kind of improvising in the way that I'm delivering it rather than uh, in the way that I, then it would be, uh, you know, going off of the script. Cause there's like not that much room for it. Right. You know? So what have you learned in how you've recorded a whole season now? What have you learned about delivering techno battle now that that's, that's been so much of your life now? 
Um, I hate it. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's, it's just yeah. really hard stuff because it's Memorizing just like Shakespeare words that just don't flow out of my, my mouth that easily, uh, you know, and then you get it. It's one of those things where, and, and you know, um, that kind of voiceover thing where it's like, if you get it right on the first take, that means the rest of the takes, you won't get it. You know? Oh yeah. If you if you don't get it in the first takes, then it's like the next few you're gonna be able to get it and get a good flow. If you get it on the first one, you go, oh boy, I screwed myself now. It's all downhill <laughs> yeah. from here. Yeah. This, yeah. Because it's yeah. just yeah. yeah. So, no bueno. You know, that's that that ends up happening and I, I get in my head a little bit with that. And also because I wasn't going into it as hardcore of a fan as everybody else. I would get worried about pronouncing things a little differently. Or if, if somebody does say like, actually it's this, then I feel dumb, you know, but that didn't happen that often. So I felt like I did my homework enough that, you know, um, I, I came out on the positive. Uh, so and did you all have to record at like home studios or in studio or. Uh, we, we recorded most of it. Um, before the pandemic, pandemic. hit. Oh, okay. And then once it did, it was a lot of pickups. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, they would send all of the gear to your house. So you had like, mm. you know, so then I was sweating over the fact that they sent all the ex expensive <laughs> stuff that I had to set up myself <laughs> and, uh, you know, try to keep my kids quiet. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember seeing a video of Jack Quaid talking about this. Actually, you were in this video as well. Um, you know, just talking about his setup and how it was in a closet and he had like yeah. eggshell foam on the inside. Yeah, yeah. You had to find a place in your house that was like quite enough from your kids or. Oh, yeah. I had to find a closet that was far away from anywhere they were playing. <laughs> and or, you know, or my wife had to like take them on a drive, you know. Oh, <laughs> um, just yeah. like, you know would just be like McDonald's or something. And, you know, oh, it's a partnership. So nice. Yeah. Uh, so it was like a lot of that. Um, but then, you know, so then there was an additional stress to like try to get it done fast because I felt like I was putting my family out, you know, being at right. home and also, you know, having all this equipment at the house and everything. So it was just it was not as easy as it is. I, you know, there was part of me initially that was like, ooh. They're bringing the stuff over. I get to record from home. What a cool idea. No. <laughs> not not, uh, not when everybody is home. Yeah. 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 Isolation and uh, right. Exactly. So. But yeah. I, um, I so uh, real quick, uh, Andy, I'm sorry. I had a real quick uh, question. So the, the name of the ship is called Cerritos, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> Is it, a, is it a coincidence that uh, one of the first Filipino-Americans in a Star Trek series is on a ship called the Cerritos? The Cerritos. <laughs> yeah, you would think, right? <laughs> the, uh, it's not. <laughs> it was weird. Yeah, the, uh, the original name of this ship was the uh, USS uh, Historic Filipino Town. <gasps> what? No, 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 no. That would be dope. Hi-fi ship. Hi-fi ship. Hi-fi ship. USS Hi-fi. That would have been cool. I mean, I might end up on that ship. Yeah. Daily City. Yeah. That would actually be the shuttlecraft, right? You'll have a shuttlecraft. Yeah. I know, right? The Daily City, yeah. Yes. Daily City. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, I mean, they all the Filipinos in chat right now. <laughs> they haven't fully like you know, um, you know, re- released or revealed anything as far as you know Rutherford being actually you know Filipino or not. But right. like the you know in the world, it's just so cool. I'm so I feel you know, I feel lucky that my character can be. I mean, you know, you look at the character and you're like, definitely could be Filipino and they're not shying away from it either, you know, when they were casting it. So, you know, I, it it's cool. I'm happy. So that said, I mean, now you've, you've been through Star Trek Day. Like, what has it like been interacting with fans and now, like, being part of Star Trek? Um, I, uh, I didn't realize what it was going to be. <laughs> this is, like, next level, um, right. you know, fandom. Uh, and, uh, and... Uh, I think it's great. And, and again, it's just one of those, it's, it's almost just how, how I am kind of with anything where, you know, it, the people that it care that, you know, care about it the most, I want to make happy, you know, like within right. that world, if you're in that world, that this is something that you love, you know, then I want to make sure that I'm playing, you know, to the best of my ability to, you know, honor that, you know, and it, and it comes as anything really like when I even for like Tacoma FD or something I'm not trying to be a bad fireman we're trying to be the best fireman we can be so that we don't come off as you know idiots we do idiotic things but you know um, we're we're not idiots we're still great at our job and I think when it comes to you know something like Star Trek it's like I need to nail that techno babble so that I'm doing this like whole French, like, you know, this whole world, a service where they're not going to go like, eh, you know what, it's actually, you know, and I'm just like, oh, I, I let you guys down. And especially the thing that makes it really hard is the fact that he has the um, the Vulcan implant. Right. So it's just like, <laughs> oh, so he has to have it right because it's fucking math in his brain. At this point. <laughs> it's like, scripted I don't have the opportunity. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't have the opportunity to be humanized <laughs> with that stuff. You know, I got to say, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how that implant plays out more. Um, of yeah. Future episodes. Oh, man. Such a fun conceit. <laughs> In the finale, it's really cool uh, when you guys see it um, of how it plays out uh, nice. of the first season, at least. Yeah. Now, uh, speaking of of uh, other first seasons, you were also in The Mandalorian. I was. Yeah. Um, Tell crazy. us what that process. I mean, that was must have been a crazy like, well, of course, being a part of something giant and iconic like Star Wars, but also kind of pioneering a whole new way of, of filming. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I yeah. I mean, walking onto that set was like, oh, this is Star Wars money, baby. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, oh, this is next level Disney slash Star Wars money, honey. I mean, it was real. Oh, my God. You you walk in and it's just it's I mean, it's like going into like, uh, you know, at the um, uh, going to uh, the uh, the uh, uh, arc light in Hollywood and that the dome. But it's like all of those were million dollar screens surrounding you. And if you looked at it, it looked real from a distance. If you got closer to it, it still looked real. If you got really close, it looked digital. Oh. 
Mm. Right. And then, and then if they're framing the shot, like the shot where you see me right now, right. everything on the outside <laughs> of my hands would be just that good of digital. But then right here, it would be so high tech that if I walked up to it, it would still look like I'm looking out the window. Whoa. That's crazy. Crazy. Wow. It was crazy. And there was like NASA sitting outside of that thing. There was like 40 <laughs> dudes sitting there, <laughs> you know, computers. eating, eating donuts on computers, like making sure that it all worked. And you were just like, holy. I mean, it's just next level. I mean, you know, and then but the ground is still, you know, it's still Star Wars dirt, you know, so you're still walking <laughs> yeah. on the planet yeah. of Star Wars and. You know, so, you had to rehearse in your regular clothes and then they throw a cloak on you once you get in the costume and, you know. So so just to catch up listeners in case they don't know what we're talking about. So uh, filming The Mandalorian, they were uh, kind of pioneering this use of uh, VR technology with uh, <clears throat> LED projected um, um, visuals or backgrounds kind of around the set. Um, and so and all of that, um, that those backgrounds were generated in real time on Unreal Engine with like literally a VR headset strapped to the camera so that mm, seamlessly yeah. the backgrounds would, would, um, um, parallax ooh, scroll parallax with, with, uh, with right. the camera movement. And so that said, like if, when you're yeah. on set and the, the background is moving, like, do you get vertigo when, when like the background <laughs> yeah. starts? Morphing? Yeah. So if, if you saw, if you watch that episode that I'm in, like, um, right. you know, once we're in the village, like there's three or four actual huts and then all the huts extended are fake and in the wow. digital world. But it looks like, mm -hmm. you know, you're still there wow. um, where it still feels like you're there. And then the ship, his, um, you know, the Mandalorian's ship is there right. and then anything around it is not. And then what when we bring the Mandalorian to our village, we're riding in that, you know, um, uh, in that transport and every and then the trees are all moving so that's all that that's all that fake like LED. so it's all moving right. uh yeah on both sides of you like you're moving and there's still one guy underneath that's just shaking <laughs> oh my yeah. god you know like <laughs> right so there's a guy like on his back just shaking the uh the <laughs> hey, no like, attention to the man behind yeah. the no. <laughs> that's oh. you know that's and hilarious. then and then there's like you know three or four people hiding behind it you know, controlling the child, oh my you know, God. so oh my God. child. So, so you're Five in there puppet. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and which was its own thing. We had to sign a separate release about, <laughs> this, about the child. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So then, but like anytime we were moving like that, if the camera is not on you, you, you're supposed, you just close your eyes. Like, you oh, still, oh dang. <laughs> That's because crazy. It, yeah. Because it's uh <laughs> did they have like barf bags on the side just in case? <laughs> I, right? No. Uh they didn't, but they uh they no, should've. everybody was pretty cool, you know, was was pretty great with it. So yeah. I think, you know. Dude, everybody was really excited. Does this make you the first canonical film in the Star Wars universe? <laughs> I don't know. Does it? I don't know, because we well, know there's that the, those those little in Ewoks. Ewoks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, those little yeah. things. <laughs> the Ewoks do talk. They, they speak Tagalog. Tagalog. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, oh, yeah. Well um, 
Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if, yeah. uh, but I'm I'm happy that I'm part of it. I feel like one of the <laughs> the I feel like one of the fets was also probably like, yeah. there's there's a fet out there that's fet definitely out there. yeah. <laughs> Um, pretty going, close. going back to yeah. Baby Yoda, so what was it like acting against the puppet? I mean, were there moments when you were just engaged with the puppet, or are you always kind of like, got to try to not telegraph that, that that this is a puppet? Um, I mean, it was so. For, so I shot a couple of scenes where it was just like uh, me, the guy um, Asif, and uh, mm-hmm. and the Mandalorian doing those scenes. So when we showed up and did those first ones. You know, I, I'm already starstruck because I'm like, holy shit, there's, you know, there's a Mandalorian in front of me. Right. You know, I like how you just called the Mandalorian. Um, and and it, it is. And it's no, just his like, name is the Mandalorian, yeah. And it's just kind of crazy that you're just like, oh, okay, these scenes. So you get over that eventually. And then they go, okay, are you guys ready? Um, you need to sign this release and, um, and we need to introduce you to this. Mm, and wow. because you can't release it it was like the the biggest secret right oh right because even yeah yeah, right. yeah so and and if you remember that episode too there's a bunch of children there so i don't mm-hmm. know how they i mean a couple of them might be dead but uh <laughs> but uh but i think they kept a pretty good secret <sighs> That's um, crazy, oh and God. i just remember they went okay here it is and you see it and you're like oh wait a minute this is it's huge and then you try to play with it, like just play off of it. And it's moving. I mean, it's, you know, it's right. the guys who do that for a living. Right. So the four guys are controlling it and it's moving like it's real. Is it so, a little freaky? Yeah, it's scary. <laughs> Except for the fact, you know, and uh, they edited this out because you don't need to see this. But when we're when we're going into our cargo thing, I pick the um the child up or baby yoda up whatever however you want to say it right and put um it in the in our um you know carrier so Mm. that took four hours for them to like put all of the wires through my 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 costume so that it could so it could move and still do its facial stuff before i put it down so then so it took like two hours to like put that in there and then for them to get it right. And then just for them to do a kind of over the shoulder shot. Right. And then a shot of me kind of picking it up, looking at it like, huh, this is weird. And then it looking at me <laughs> blinking, you know, and, then like. and it's like, I yeah. Know. And you look at it and you're like, Oh fuck, this thing is blinking at me. <laughs> but that's and then nuts. you go, oh, right. The reason it's blinking at me is because I have like 80 pounds of wires going through my back. <laughs> Dude, that's dope. Oh, and of course, yeah. hundreds of people just went, you got to hold baby Yoda. I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. all of us right now. You got to touch you it. You got to touch it. <laughs> Pretty neat. Yeah. So, uh, Eugene, so I guess were, that, were was you, uh, biggest, that was my biggest uh, um fanboy experience <laughs> right as far as that's so get to work with so get to cool. work with a yoda yeah uh what was it like working with bryce dallas howard i mean she was great she was uh she was really um she was really focused on the actors like she's an an actor's mm. director if that makes mm. sense 
Yeah. So, totally. you know, she's um, she's really making sure that you're mentally in the right headspace to be in it um, and and play in that world. And, and that's really cool to see, you know, that style of directing. So, yeah. well, and um, as an actress who has been chased by dinosaurs and yeah, lots yeah. Of other things as well. Right. But that, that was the weird thing is, you know, she was on set and um, and then we were in between scenes and she was like, hey, have you met my dad? And then all of a sudden, oh, Ron my Howard's God, there, and nice. you're like, oh, my God, you know, and it's just like, that's you met crazy. Richie Cunningham. I did. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. Freaking rad. <laughs> I met. Richie Cunningham. Yes, I'm going to date myself yeah. every episode. Yeah. It's okay, dude. <laughs> date myself all the time. It's all right. Uh, so, were you a big um, were you a big Star Wars fan before? Um, I was popping a, in on. I was a bigger Star Wars fan than I was a Star Trek fan. No. Um, at he the time, here, everyone. At the time. At the time. Currently, <laughs> I am forever oh. a Star Trek. <laughs> Trekkie. Uh, Trekkie. But at the time I knew I knew more Star Wars stuff than I did Star Trek, but wasn't a huge, huge, huge fan. But you know, liked it quite a bit. Yeah. That's still pretty um, dope, man. But it was dope. And you know, like you couldn't see it because it but like the detail of everything for that show was pretty intense where even I had that long wig, mm-hmm. but as part of the wig they braided my hair because that's how they braid the hair for Star Wars. So I had the kind of top braid, Jedi braid thing in the middle. Oh, and you're nice. just like, how cool is that? Like, be, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. So no, that's, I, I, would, I would lose all, like, all faculties at that moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so uh, uh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to segue onto uh, The Good Place because, uh, you know, your castmate and yeah. one of our friends, Mitch Narito, has also been... Uh, in the good place with you, you know, and yeah. play Pillboy. So, like, oh, what, was it, what was it like working with Mitch and on that same set? And Manny uh, at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Manny. Manny and Mitch, they were great. Shout out to both those guys. Shout out to Mitch right now because he's dealing with some hard stuff. And uh, yeah. yeah, man, with thinking life, about you, bro. So, yeah, we're thinking about you, and uh, and that's tough, especially right now in this. But yeah. um, but yeah, I mean it. Manny, Manny and I have actually be- started becoming like pretty, pretty close friends um, from the good place. We we met the you know that first episode we did together, and and then ever since they're really um, connected. So we got really close. And then the first day that um, that uh, Mitch was there, um, <laughs> Manny texted me like, "Dude, you're you're gonna love this dude." <laughs> that's so cool and i'm like what do you mean he was like he's just you're gonna love him i'm like okay cool you know so then i show up and i meet him and he's just he like you know he there was something that he did that he didn't even mean to be funny and was probably <laughs> the funniest thing i have seen I love in a while that. and um and manny and i couldn't stop laughing for it easily like 20 minutes um, but yeah he's uh so he was fun i mean you know and the fact that like me and him got to do like the whole kind of shark tanky thing uh in that episode was really fun so uh yeah i like i like mitch a lot i like when i get to see him 
um, you know, around. He's in so. chat right now, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, man, it's good to. Yeah. <laughs> We're thinking well, of you, bud. Well, now I want to know what he said that made you guys laugh for 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, so um, so uh, we were um, we were shooting that scene, the, the Shark Tank scene. And, mm-hmm. you know, they want they wanted us to sound pretty, you know, on top of our game of what, you know, we were selling. Right. So uh, so we started doing the pitch and then they were like, you know, OK, hey, Mitch, why don't you do that part again? And I think because we were so focused on <laughs> doing that. He jumped to the next scene. <laughs> oh my god! It, and I don't even think he realized it. And he started saying the lines of the next scene. And me and Manny went, "What's happening?" <laughs> <laughs> and um, and uh, and I don't, and and I and I'm like, "Oh, I think we're you know, I think it's the part that we're doing right now." And he was like, oh, and then he just got into it. And I think it was just because of that kind of, you know, in the moment, we're just trying to move as quick as we can and get that right. one thing right and like have the bottle up and do this thing that he didn't realize that he had skipped over to not even like the next line, but the next scene that was like, because <laughs> Manny and I were like, what, what lines are the, is that the next scene? He's doing? <laughs> Did they uh, did they yell cut at that point or are they just kind of yeah 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 they, they yelled cut and they were just like you know, they were like oh okay like uh why don't we I mean it was just it was really just kind of like you know you just kind of get lost in it so they cut really quick and then just were like oh well we're actually starting from the beginning of this why don't we do it from the beginning of this whole <laughs> part like so that we got into it because it it was a clunky area to kind of start from again right like you know in the middle of the scene and you know and we ramp up to it so much that i get it but i think we were just like because it was a foreign moment even it was like what we were trying to figure out what it was from so that's what we were laughing about mainly Oh, that's great. That's uh, that stuff like just a little like misunderstandings on set are they're great. Oh man, so fun. Um, so I think we're really close to the end of our time here with you. But uh, just really quickly, can you talk a little bit about uh, some of the experiences uh, working on Kong? On- uh, I mean, you know, six months. It was a long, long shoot, and we were in Hawaii and Vietnam and um, in Australia. And, uh, you know, at the time, they hadn't shot that many movies in Vietnam in the places we were Mm. shooting. So it was pretty intense, especially the fact that we were wearing American fatigues Mm. in that were Vietnam War era Era. American fatigues in in there. So it felt a little bit weird. Um, But overall, you know, it was it was an it was one of my favorite. I mean. I don't think I've ever been on and I don't know if I'll be on something that's like that again. It was mm-hmm. just, you know, like six months together, we got really close um, mm-hmm. with everybody, you know, and got to like really uh, form some real relationships with some of the people in that cast and, you know, still get to check in. And, you know, um, and it was just really I love the way that was stylized. I've worked with Jordan Voigt Roberts 
on a, on a number of things prior to that. And I liked his style of directing and even the way he made Kong look different than any kind of monster movie that you've kind of seen, like just so focused on, you know, uh, the cinematography of it and everything was just really cool. Even though, you know, a lot of the time it's just us walking for six months and looking at a dot. Um, I was going to say, really what did fun. they give you for reference? No, no, no. It was a lot of dots. It was a lot of, <laughs> a lot of or like oh when God. we were in Vietnam, it was a lot of Bowling like, stick. yeah, right. in Vietnam, though, it was a lot of like, you see that rock over there? Okay. So a little bit to the left of it, there's a leaf. Okay. Everybody look at that leaf. Okay. Eugene look really scared at that leaf. You know, <laughs> all right, Eugene, shoot the leaf, please. You know, or whatever. Oh so like, that kind of oh stuff. But God. like, you know, wow. there was crazy. It, it was also, you know, I don't when we first run into Kong, that first scene where we and you know, see him for the first time. I'm like shooting this humongous gun outside of a helicopter. Right. Um, and um, in Hawaii, we shot that and a helicopter pilot was flying me around and I was leaning outside of a helicopter Jeez. and shooting a gun at a camera that was um, like 40, 50 feet in the air, oh, shooting man. right at the camera uh, blanks, but just shooting this. Yeah. So right. then and you're a just stunt like, man, hazard pay, hazard pay. Yeah. And the stunt <laughs> yeah. man, I had like, it's you stunt. know, I had the wires hooked up to me. You know, right. but I was leaning outside of this and it's a stunt. It's a stunt helicopter driver and um, and a guy dressed up as, um, you know, John Goodman, a stunt guy who's right. with all of his might just at my belt, holding me by my belt just <gasps> as like so he knows because it was fall. kind of like to also be like, I have you if those all those yeah. wires don't have you. Wow. Right. It was like a very stunt manny thing to do, That's but it was just God, very, yeah, crazy. it was very is, intense. But also yeah. every time I see that scene, I'm like, that was one of the coolest experiences to, that, uh, you know, oh, do. Yeah. It sounds super cool. Yeah. Well, dude, Eugene, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a yeah. pretty awesome interview. Um, glad you could take time out of your busy schedule to, uh, to chat with us for a little bit. Um, is there anything yeah, of you course. want to say? Yeah. Is there anything that you wanted to say, plug thing, anything like that? Uh, feel free. Uh, I mean, there's still uh, four more episodes of Lower Decks. Oh, so watch it. Then? Yeah, yeah. So CBS All Access. And then, um, you know, a third season of Tacoma is coming out. And then some other stuff is going to be coming out also that, uh, you know, <laughs> will be exciting. Um, right. Somewhat soon and somewhat not because of the pandemic and stuff. So <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but cool, awesome. it's great to be here. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you for being Thank you so much. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, live man, stay safe out there. Get some rest. Live long yes. and prosper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Be obligatory. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Thank guys. You, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. So uh, we are going to move into our next section of uh, the show of our two hour like super extravaganza uh, finale. Uh, we're going to play the Doom trailer. Doom. We're going to not Doom. That's Caitlin. a different movie. <laughs> Caitlin. 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 Yeah, Caitlin. Okay, Caitlin. <laughs> oh, we're going to play the, the Dune trailer. <laughs> and... <laughs> 
and we can talk about that a little bit. So <laughs> roll that beautiful bean footage. Yes. All right. That was pretty amazing. I don't know about y'all. Uh, those makers uh, at the end, that maker. Uh, I'm ready for this. Like I, as as I was commenting in uh, the chat during uh, the trailer, uh, just this cast list alone just gets me uh, a little verklempt. I don't know. I'm looking I mean, forward to this. <laughs> for, for me, I'm it's you know I'm 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 just so stoked by the by the visual visual style, right? I mean, there's right. so much to to dig into when you're looking at this. Right. There's there's, it's there's a feast for the eyes. Yeah. It is an eye if feast. you will. An eye feast. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I still, know we said this. Go ahead, Jen. I, I still have no idea what those giant sandworms are. So oh, yes, like, you do, Jen. There's, there's you all... said they were buttholes. You said they, they were. They look like giant buttholes. You giant said they were giant buttholes. ass, just ass singular. buttholes. <laughs> they do. They are giant ass buttholes. <laughs> and that, the, that was the, the sand, word. Like, rectal. That was the term. phrase that Jen, when she yeah. first saw the trailer, she goes, that's a giant ass That's a giant ass Giant ass hyphen buttholes. So not giant ass. So this a is how it sounded. Ass <laughs> giant ass butthole. Every what time is? I watch that, <laughs> with a That's lot of burned. teeth, burned. like a dentata, <laughs> with like several rows of vagina dentata. Oh my god, are we talking god. about teeth? Vagina dentata. Are... <laughs> it was a. That was an. That was freaking an movie. Dentata. Okay then. Anyway, All right. Sphincter so, dentata. This is where we're going. That's my theory, but I don't know what it. Dragon glass dildos. I'm glass. I'm now. glad we're here. <laughs> you guys, we have a guest. He's waiting to be let on. <laughs> I know. We can't just That's be right. talking about giant dildos. Giant ass. <laughs> giant ass, ass buttholes. Ass dildos. Yes. <laughs> So uh, I know we we do have a react video to this. If you want to see, like, oh <laughs> it's up on YouTube. We'll put that in. Um, we'll put that in the uh, the chat at some point. Sphincter Hulud, <laughs> Shai Hulud. Um, but uh, I am the Kwisat Sarak. Um, <gasps> Wadib, Wadib. Uh, yeah. So check out that um, that React video. Uh, there's something I did say, and I, I kind of just want to reiterate that the the um, the production design is freaking amazing so far on this, and uh, I'm I definitely am looking forward to that and all the freaking Filipino martial arts up and everywhere. Right? Oh, yeah. are they doing? Uh, is Cali? Yeah, a lot of it, like all this stuff. The, the is, this, is that confirmed? Uh, I mean, I know we were we were spotting stuff, but it's like. Uh, Right. Firm I don't know. Do we, do the, the salutation, the salutation is the definitely salutation even. is, yeah, is yeah, yeah. a FMA this, th- right, salutation. This. Yeah. yeah, this is like uh, the, this thing. Yeah. I noticed yeah. That, yeah. One of the guys, yeah, like uh, Rafael Kayan, he's a, a good friend of uh, Will's. He actually, oh, right nice. as soon as the Dune trailer posted, he posted that on his Insta that he said, cool. yeah, that's a, that's, it's a lot of, it's definitely influenced. And, you know, yeah, I was like, this is all up in yeah. there. There's actually a lot of Eskrima like kind of showing up in a lot of films. I feel like I mean not yeah. necessarily Eskrima, like but Avengers I mean, style, yeah. A lot. Of, well, even in I mean, like we're talking back in like Blade because yeah. Jeffy Mata was the uh, the the stunt the stunty on that one, and he's a FMA guy. So mm-hmm. like a lot of it, you can see it even now. Um, a lot of like the sword movements and like all that. Mm-hmm. It's it's a I, lot of FMA. 
I gotta say, e- even when I do fight choreography, it's like, and I'm doing right. mostly like kung fu style, but I will right. use the Filipino numbering system because it's right. so One, fast. One, two, to, three, to teach. four, yeah. five, six. Yeah, yeah it is. Absolutely. It is a great system to, to to kind of teach people quickly, like notation and all that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I but, just remember, like, back when we talked about Birds of Prey and how, like, right. Harley Quinn's mm-hmm. bat was, like, using <laughs> was martial right. arts, you know, in that <laughs> style. And, and right. that's just, like, such a creative use of that. Yeah. Like, yeah. and it blows my mind. Well, but, way yeah, to segue is, into representation, you know. I know, First absolutely. they use our martial arts, then they use our people, then they use our stories. <laughs> I know. It was then awesome. Eventually they write yeah. us as characters. Eventually. <laughs> eventually. eventually. In the distant <laughs> future. I know. It, it's so funny. Uh, 2050. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My best friend growing up, she, she read the Dune novel, and she didn't even know this movie was coming out. Wow, I said, really? I was like, really? hey, did you see the Dune trailer? And she's like, they're making a movie? I was like, girl, where have you been? Yes. Come on. And, so, and I, oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, oh, I was going to say, so uh, I did see actually a really cool video where someone basically uh, re-edited video from the original from the David Lynch film. Right. As well as the, as well as the, what is The miniseries? The miniseries. And right. lined up all three kind of to oh, the audio. Oh, uh, send that to me? Or put in the chat or something. Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll send that to you. I'll have to find it. But uh, yeah, it was kind of cool to just kind of see the difference in aesthetics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the story kind of has a lot of like Middle Eastern type Arabic Influence. culture influences. Yeah. And she, my best friend was hoping that there would be more like, I was trying to tell her, it's, oh, it's a very multicultural cast, but she wanted more right. Middle Eastern yeah. actors. But then I showed her the trailer and when she saw Jason Momoa, she got excited. So <laughs> I guess you that- You can't not get excited when Momoa's on screen. I, wipe. I showed it to a no. room full of girls and when Jason Momoa came on the screen, I was like, ah! <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I, that should be. That should be fine. Yeah, yeah. All, all things are forgiven with Momoa. Yeah, with in, Momoa in, in, in the, in the yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, this is this is um, it looks super cool. Can't wait till till this comes out. Um, were you, you know, do you have something else about it? Andy? Oh, uh, just uh, you know, the other thing that I just really, um, which I think I commented on uh, before, was I love the music choice. I love using right, the Dark Side of the right. Moon um, in this kind of haunting arrangement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, just knowing contextually what that album is about and, and, and right. kind of about humanity and how that kind of parallels the themes of Dune. Like that was just a great kind of poof when, when, that, when, when I caught that. Yeah. I mean, cool. I'm just I'm just glad this is like my hoity toity, like dad music buff like coming out <laughs> because I'm a huge like Radiohead fan. You know, like all the dad rock music right. that they like have reappropriated to use in like sci-fi and in, uh, you know, new like, movies, uh, right. like with all the Radiohead, with all the Tom York, with all the Nine Inch Nails, you know what I mean? The fact that Trent Reznor Slow and Atticus versions Ross of, like, all that, are all right. making Watchmen, making, you know what I mean? It, it just like makes me feel really good <laughs> like if you look at westworld and even like the player piano oh, yeah. playing right. all these like radiohead songs just makes my so preteen self feel very that. validated i just need to say did that you get get into like um uh just making slow slow versions of classic songs exactly <laughs> somebody's gonna yeah. option it for for something for something mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, in addition, we have a few other tidbits of nerd news coming about. Um, Kang the Conqueror has been named as a villain for Ant-Man 3. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, 
the character is to be played by Jonathan Majors from Lovecraft Country. So uh, if you've been watching that, he is Tick. Um, Yay! But uh, yeah, that's a really interesting choice. I mean, if people are familiar with who Kang the Conqueror is, Kang the Conqueror is like, like that's a that's a heavy hitter villain to going up against Ant Man and the Wasp. Um, So and it and and has major implications for where they are headed past this in the whole in the broader Marvel universe. Um, Because he did play like uh, a significant part in like Infinity Gauntlet and Infinity Wars in uh, the the comic books. So, uh, yeah, like you said, it's leading towards a path. And, uh, you know, with uh, Eternals on the slate as well, you could kind of see like an intersection happening already. Yeah. But no spoilers. We won't talk too deeply about that. But (laughs) exactly. Those of you who know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. We also had uh, some uh, interesting stuff from uh, the Star Trek day that just passed because it was the anniversary right. mm-hmm. of the first uh, airing of the first uh, original series, Star Trek, um, 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 je- that just passed. I'm repeating mm-hmm. myself, sorry. But uh, we got <laughs> a new, uh, new trailer for, for Discovery Season 3, uh, which will be premiering October 15th. Uh, we also got to talk to, uh, here some from the creative team of Strange New Worlds, which is the new series uh, following Captain Pike uh, and mm. Spock and Number One. Right. So that was very exciting to see. Uh, a lot of good stuff. You can find all of that on the interwebs. That's a lot of cool stuff. Um, yeah. Cobra Kai season three, uh, they just released news that they already have it. Like it's not even past can. It's like done. Like it's edited and ready to air pretty much. Um, It's been trending ever since. Netflix though, right? Right. You got to release on Netflix. So everybody's been able to watch it. It was previously on what YouTube red. Is that what the service was called back then? Or YouTube TV. Um, uh, But Elizabeth shoe is returning and uh, yeah. So we, we should see uh, see more from that. Um, the, the other interesting thing is that the trailer they released was mostly a recap of what of season one and two, uh, kind of right. saying that it's, it's on it's on Netflix, so you can catch up right now. Um, but there's a little bit of a teaser at the end, which is implying some tie-ins to Karate Kid two. Uh, uh, so for those of you who remember those characters and those stories, I am the man who <laughs> for your honor. And uh, and many actors who were friends of the of the pod, I believe, too. So friend, yeah. I mean, friends I know, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Also, Don Bluth at age eighty-two is now opening a second yes. animation studio. Yes. Right. So, uh, yeah, that got me excited. I know. And, and then focused I, I, on two D animation specifically. I like know. Right. Specifically. Bring it back, drawn. guys. Bring it back. I saw. I posted about this early, I mean, on Facebook, and I was like, I'm ready for Don Bluth to make another generation cry. Because I don't know if you uh, <laughs> yeah, watched sure. like, some of I these I was like, I've while. never heard I mean, of that generation. Generation cry. <laughs> generation cry. <laughs> it's like generation. generation Y, but post-global warming. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> I just know he needs or, to take back Anastasia from Disney. So. Or after, just like, yeah. But I, and rotoscoping. A rotoscoping, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, rotoscoping. But I'm like, if y'all don't know who Don Bluth is, like, um, Get the he, he's uh, one of the main pers- people, like, uh, responsible for things like Secret of Nim, American Tale, Line, yeah. Line Before Time, All Dogs Go to Heaven, mm. Anastasia, a lot of like big, big time. Thumbelina. Don't forget the, the princess ones. Also, if you're princess. old like me, uh, then right. remember the video game Dragon's Lair or Space I remember, Ace, yeah. which he did all the animation for that. Yeah. He actually goes back to the classic days of Disney animation. He was that yeah. generation of animators 
who were trained by the original nine old men. And uh, he right. left Disney in a huff after he uh, was frustrated with some of the practices that they were, they were reusing animation and kind of making cutbacks and started his own studio and, and basically challenged Disney to reinvest in, in innovating animation, the secret of NIM. And I mean, like you can like just looking at this, you know, the old the old uh, Don Booth stuff. I'm super super excited about about it because uh, this the stories were, um, were they fired. didn't pull punches. <laughs> yeah, they did not pull punches. Like yeah. uh, Secret of Nim was dark. dark I mean, it was based yeah. on a book. Yeah. But I mean, there was a lot of just like themes of um, uh, like race, prejudice, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, family responsibility, all this stuff. It's 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 pretty heavy. Oh, and, and then of course American Tale with its immigrant story. There are no cats right. in America. Who saw Titan AE? <laughs> yeah, Titan oh, yeah, AE. <laughs> okay, watch it again though. The two thousand, oh, no, the early two thousands music doesn't really age well. <laughs> oh. <laughs> But I had a huge uh, fat crush on uh, Synth Rock. Matt, Matt Damon. Right. Yeah, there's, there's yeah. a little too much Creed, uh, and and Walls all, of, all of all of Don Bluth's male heroes have like the same bowl cut with like the, the forehead tendrils that made. Okay, all the to be fair, those of us in like the late nineties have that haircut. <laughs> yeah, like, all have very much. Oh, yeah. We may have had that. I also had the penis head when I was in high school. No! <laughs> I still have the penis head. <laughs> Giant ass buttholes. Giant ass buttholes, penis head. Yes. Thank um, you. This has been Pan Geeker. Oh, no. man. Uh, no. And thank you, everybody, for watching Pan Geeker. Thank you. Thank you. That's the show. Thank, thank you. you. Um, so, the next bit of news uh, I'm really excited about. So, they also released a new Animaniacs trailer. What? Whoop. Yeah, Which, uh, I know that. For the new show, uh, new show of of Animaniacs. They're starting on November twentieth on Hulu. What? They uh, have brought back a lot of the original cast members. So Rob Paulson, Tress McNeil, and Jess Harnell are Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. Maurice Lamarche is back right. for the Brain. Um, it is yes. great. It is <gasps> the great. The Brain's to see coming them. back too. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, they bring back like all the characters as far as I know. What? Yeah, yeah. it's uh, well. it's it's great. I mean, I'm, and then, you know, it's. I mean, I'm hoping as it was then that we're, this is like the, 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 the harbinger of another golden age of a- animation. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When right. Doing. Right. I think um, now, I don't know if it's just because of pandemic, but because everybody seems to have a little more time or everything is slower in general. Um, everybody's like, oh, let's go back to, you know, the classic techniques because um, I mean, <laughs> what are, what else are we doing? Right now? <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I even if that's not the case, I'm glad that there's a, a trend in that direction because I do I miss agree. that kind of stuff. I do miss it yeah. as well. Yeah. Disney um, tries to blend 3D and 2D with its latest features, but I just think there's a charm to pure 2D. You know, yeah. right? Well, it's and true expressionism, right? I yeah. Mean, I mean, oh, absolutely. That that yeah. that a lot of uh, I, I think there are some amazing CGA animators that do amazing things. But it's still very right. much more. It's it's a different logic uh, when different. you're thinking like puppetry. You're creating a uh-huh. model and you're manipulating yeah. mm-hmm. versus the complete freedom of the pen. I'm a big animation nerd, so yay! <laughs> Me too. Nice. So uh, also, I mean, that's exciting. But um, talking about, I guess not necessarily more animation, but like uh, it has something to do with animation. DC fandom. 
um, another, they did another weekend of, or another day of it this past weekend. I was not able to check this out, but I know Andy, you, you watched this, right? I caught, um, I caught some, there, there was a lot. I, I know that there was a, a lot of people had problems logging on. Um, mm-hmm. um, and, and it was a different format. This was all uh, video on demand. It wasn't like a day long. Oh God. So it. you it was could like, like kind of super pick curated, and choose yeah. what you could, uh, uh, engage with. And it was all available for about a 24 hour period. So um, a couple of main things, they did do a, a panel for Titans season three uh, and kind of teased out some things that they're going to do with that. Um, they were kind of loosely teasing out, uh, maybe seeing uh, the Red Hood as a villain for right. the season. Um, also setting this season in Gotham, um, possibly the Scarecrow and a commissioner, Barbara Gordon, which I'm Ooh. really Why curious Barbara? to see yeah. how they yes. want to kind of set that up. Mm-hmm. Um they are also talking so, about. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was just. I'm like, I'm, I'm unaware of the timeline. So this is like post Oracle, or is it like an alternate? It's, uh, you know, it's tough to say, right? Because uh, DC has been leaning very heavily into their multiverse right, mythology. Right. Mm. Yeah. So ever since every, New 52. And, and, and that's the thing, right? Like, like right. Uh, Titans exist in its own universe that runs parallel to all the CW shows and that has its own universe, right? right? So they've established all the movies, all the shows, all the upcoming movies all kind of coexist in parallel universes and potentially could cross over and that's kind of what they seem to be teasing out. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. Getting to actually uh, another thing that they they talked a little about was the they had a QA and a for the next Flash film. Uh, and uh, if you're familiar with the story uh, Flashpoint storyline, where the uh, the Flash does something that basically affects the multiverse, uh, uh, they are using that as a touchpoint to inspire this film, but it's not a direct adaptation, which we all kind of thought it was going to be. Uh, but the quote is, there are a lot of DC characters in this film. Uh, Flash is a superhero mm-hmm. of this film because he is the bridge between all these characters and timelines, and in a way, it restarts everything and doesn't forget anything. So that's some unique something. If if anyone who has watched any of the CW shows, they did their version of Flashpoint as well as uh, Crisis, and we got right. to kind of see a blending of everything from classic uh, Brandon Routh Superman to which was uh, great, you know, that they brought all these to, people. Yeah, uh, yeah. Batman 1989, uh, and mm-hmm. even actually had uh, 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 what's his name, Dick Dick Ward, show up as right. as <laughs> Robin as Dick Grayson at one point, yeah. which is hysterical. Um, so yeah, so Do I we... mean, they're really kind of leaning into this multiverse idea. Yeah. Do we know if like Commissioner Barbara Gordon is going to become Batgirl at some <laughs> moment, or if well, it's just going to be like <clears throat> no? She's That's just what we were Barbara. talking about just now. Like I, when I asked him about like whether this was like the Oracle timeline, and he's saying that like uh, we don't know because in multiple different timelines, uh, Barbara Gordon becomes different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. It could yeah. it could be that, but it could, in the uh, in the commissioner line timeline, I, it's all screwy. It could yeah, it could be anything. Screwy. I mean, I mean, I mean, <laughs> having Commissioner Barbara Gordon is already a reference to uh, Batman Beyond, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Where, yeah. Well, yeah. Batman Beyond, where an older Barbara Gordon uh, leaves Bruce Wayne after a torrid affair that they had, <laughs> right. and uh, leaves How the many Batgirl affairs persona. does he have? <laughs> all of them. Okay, Batman all of Beyond them. the He's Batman. The, the Terry the yeah, 2000s. The, the one. I had a crush on him too. <laughs> Terry Bogard? No, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> he was so sexy with his early 2000s type haircut. 
Good to know. He's jet black hair and his gothic girlfriend with black lipstick. Right. Because, I mean, Batman with the comics is like, yeah. has literally slept with everybody, I swear. Right? <laughs> um, and speaking of Batman, September 19th is Batman Day. And they've announced right. a number of uh, promotions. Uh, Batman and Riddler voices will be available on Waze until October 31st. That's right. Kevin Conroy, Kevin Conroy can tell you how to get to work in the morning. I am to. the night. <laughs> and the night is to your left in 500 meters. And no. the night is to your left. Yeah. Uh, there's also a Batman virtual run, 5K and a 10K, where they send you a box. You do the run on your own time. Uh, they've also announced um, uh, a number of things on HBO Max and DC uh, Hub, which uh, you can kind of check out uh, as that comes out on September 18th and 19th. So keep an eye out for all of those things. What I'm super uh, like uh, excited about is that they did announce uh, Young Justice 4. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I haven't caught up on 3, but if anybody has not picked up Young Justice at some point. It's a great show. It's so good. It's um, superhero you know, black ops. <laughs> right. And uh, it's uh, the showrunners. It's the showrunners of... Um, uh, gargoyles. So, right. You know. yes. Yeah. Oh my God. But um, yeah, that's all we have for nerd news. Uh, we do have our next special guests coming up right now. And as soon as we get magic, the, magic, magic, the magic of magic, the internet. Magic OBS. gathering. Uh, let's say what's up to uh, Butchan and um, Akajo Baldissimo. Thank you for joining us today. If y'all could unmute. Hi, guys. Hello. We are not um, muted. Hey. hey, what's up? Hey. I know. Hi. This is truly worldwide. Yeah. We are yeah. global at this point. This is an international, <laughs> an international convention. I know. <laughs> the international convention of, of creatives. Of Welcome. Thank Welcome. You, How are you doing? For inviting us. I, I, yes, I, I wasn't sure I was in the right uh, show. No, uh, you were. <laughs> yeah. We apologize for the vulgarities. That's just how we are. <laughs> I now have Join to binge watch the rest of your season. So. <laughs> <laughs> there are no buttholes in the other oh, ones. Yes. <laughs> oh, there's, uh, there's worse, though. There's, there's, there's worse, things. actually. There's worse. There's yeah. more more talks. Like, how much is a buttload? Yeah. That, <laughs> that was one of our first. That was our first episode, yeah. yes. Oh, but okay. anyway, yeah. but welcome, welcome you all. Yes, budget is uh, <laughs> your, what time is it there? It's 6, 17 a.m., no? Yes, it is. Thank you so much for joining. Thank wow. you. And Kajo, well, it's daytime for you there, so yes. you're okay. Uh, lunchtime. Yes. Okay. Oh, thank you. Thank you for joining thank us. Thank you for joining us for lunch. Thank you for having so, us. <laughs> if everybody out there does not know, um, uh, Budget is the writer, and uh, Kajo is the artist for the graphic art, uh, the graphic novel series uh, Trece, which is uh, first of all gaining an American. Uh, um, uh, imprint here in the states uh, pretty soon but also is coming soon to netflix as an anime series produced Woo! by netflix so a lot of good stuff coming uh soon for both of you um and i'm super appreciative that you're joining us today very much yes thank you always so great to talk about our uh myths and folklore <laughs> oh absolutely um i love that there's more of that um there's more of that being produced these days you know um, so, uh, 
uh, budget. I was gonna, uh, Kajo. Okay. Oh yeah, you know, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was going to ask uh, budget um, since Filipino mythology is like so vast and there's so many different elements, right? There's like witches, there's Aswang, there's like so many different things. How do you, I, I feel like every person who builds like a fantasy series has to like decide for themselves, like how large and how magical is the world? You know, like what are the hard rules that you want to build into your, your world building, right? So like, what are some of those decisions that you had to make as far as for Tresse goes? Um, yeah, interesting question that, uh, I mean, there are a lot of, of comic books right now and a lot of comic books that came before Tresse that showed you know philippine mythology in mm -hmm. our case as as uh kajo might also say where we we do it the lazy way we, <laughs> we just make it up as we go along really <laughs> <laughs> it's mythology I, if I you filipinos it. make it you know yeah. what i mean then it's yeah. philippine mythology um. yeah i mean uh looking back i mean uh, looking back now at what we did it seems like especially the first two books of dresse we did we we ended up talking about the stuff that we generally knew as kids. So we talked right. about the white lady on Balete Drive. Of course, we had the tikbalang mm -hmm. and a chanak and a naswang. Yes. And it was only later on that that I realized, oh, I've run out of stuff to talk about. Now I need to do it. <laughs> um, and so so yeah, so you know. Um, uh, I had uh, two. I had two books at at home, which was like my, I guess, my Bible for stuff. Um, right. There is a wonderful book called The Soul Book, uh, written Soul by book. Hilda Cordero Fernando, who unfortunately passed away a couple mm. of weeks ago. But she has oh written. Uh, she's written, published, and edited a lot of books about Philippine mythology. Uh, and The Soul Book is essentially her compiling. Uh, uh, a lot of the academic uh, writings, but she wrote it in a in a very narrative form. So, for me as a kid, it was easy for me to to dive into. Uh, so there, so so it was really just dipping in and out of that book, and occasionally like um, figure you know seeing one uh, character from our mythology. So, for example, uh, turns out we have a god of war. Mm -hmm. uh, so he's called the Talagbusaw. And mm -hmm. but the book only has like a one like a three sentence description of the guy, so right. that just got my imagination running, and I toss it over to Kajo, and you know he's he designs this god of war for us. So so yeah, so I guess the interesting thing also about our mythology, so not a lot is written about it, so it's really up to us to add to it. Nice. Right, right. Uh, for, for the listeners who are joining us who do not know what Trece is, would you be so kind as to kind of give them an overview of what your series is about? Yes. Um, that always seems to be the hardest question. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's so why I wanted to start off right with it. Yeah. Right. So Let's start off like just like, right. What is my story yeah. about? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. If after 30 minutes I still don't have an answer, just cut me off. <laughs> no, no, go for it. Please, please, please. Just start and we'll like we'll steer the conversation. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No. yeah, yeah. Yeah, just yeah. distract you, like, you know, space buttholes. But anyway, uh, <laughs> space buttholes. <laughs> space buttholes. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, so Trece is about uh, Alexandra Trece, and she is a, a consultant of the police. 
So as the book says, every time a crime takes a turn for the weird, they call Alexandra Trece. And in this case, it's a like um, it's an urban fantasy slash police procedural type of, of storyline, wherein crimes are committed by, or the prime suspects for the crimes committed are usually creatures from Philippine folklore and mythology. Mm. So, so yes, yeah, so a lot of the crimes at first seem like it was committed by uh, an aswang or a tikbalang or a chanak, mm-hmm. or even in the first uh, one of the first stories that you guys will get to read is um, someone had murdered a ghost. Mm-hmm. So, so right. the, uh, the infamous ghost of Balete Drive for the ones who grew up in in Quezon City, most especially, um, there is a street there that is supposedly haunted by a lady dressed in white and she always appears after midnight. Mm. But in this particular case, she is suddenly found. So the question is, um, you know, how do you murder a ghost and who would want to murder this ghost? So wow. how did you how did you um, come across this concept? Like, I mean, were, were there other comics that kind of inspired you to kind of set upon this? Or was it just a love for mythology? I'm like, how did, how did it culminate in creating this kind of noir procedural comic it, it, it's definitely a mix of of geekery uh, nice. you know, pan and, geekery yes pan geekery oh. yes yes <laughs> and that, and that's your sound bite right uh, there <laughs> it is, there you is. Take the title of your show that's you're you're, you're done yeah. <laughs> um uh me and kadzo are big fans of course of, of batman uh and john constantine and gonna say uh, yeah in in the 90s of course i was a big fan of uh, the x-files nice uh, in the 2000s it was of course csi for me csi twisted the whole procedural by putting science on the forefront right mm. and then they just resorted to playing techno music every time they were in the <laughs> so i i'd still you know I still enjoy season one of CSI Vegas, but so mashing up those those things, um, essentially a Twilight. Sorry, Twilight Zone. I guess is a big influence. Mm, the yeah. 1980s Twilight Zone series, um, you know, uh, uh, and a little bit of like Stephen King here and there. Oh, and yes. of course, then put in all of the, the the rest of like all of the scary stories our parents told us growing up. Um, so that's all of the ingredients we tossed into the mix which eventually gave birth to Trece. And yeah, we've had, I mean, in the Philippines as well, there's been a, um, there have been radio shows that tell you mm. scary stories. We've had, you know, TV shows, uh, one particular news show, which is supposed to be uh, providing you uh, documentaries or in-depth reporting on, on crimes and, you know, uh, corrupt government officials. They realize that if they do a show every Halloween about ghost stories, the ratings go up. So, <laughs> so that became like a staple for you know me growing up. Um, so again, put that all into the mix, uh, and then that that and then I realized that I love telling. I've been dying to do a detective story, so I thought instead of just doing a regular ghost story or scary stories. I essentially wanted to do a Twilight Zone set in the Philippines, but through the lens of a police procedural. And so then how did you and Kajo uh, end up in a partnership? I mean, were you already doing other comics separately and you kind of bumped into each other or? Kaj, you want to 
Tell your Cat side of the story. Me. Yeah, me. But and I met. I forgot the year was, was probably about uh, about seventeen years ago, twenty years ago. Wow. And we're from different groups of guys who are really wanting to break into into Marvel and DC, I think. <laughs> but then it turned out to be not so easy. So we just decided, hey, let's just make our own. So, so many trial and error and so many mm-hmm. experimentations. And I don't think any, any of those ever worked. I don't uh, think. Uh, yeah, so, I they worked. Well, I'm sure. Uh, right. We ended up, uh-huh. well, it first was Budge, he ended up working for an ad agency and then, and then that ad agency had a sister company and I ended mm-hmm. up working for that. And oh. so we're still, we're still communicating. I think we did one, one ash can one comic nice. book. I, I throw him. I, I have several pages of art already done, and I don't know how to how to how to tell the story properly with words. So I throw it to Butch. He's good mm-hmm. with that. <laughs> he, another experiment that that uh, I wanted to see if it will work, and I, I think it worked because it ended up well becoming. Not necessarily that comic book became Trese, but the, the the process we developed the process through that through that book. Mm-hmm. And uh, much you uh, you, you tell uh, sorry yeah. the other. <laughs> so really quickly coming from that experiment, so I had a, so looking back now, I had a feeling Kajo was auditioning me, it's like testing me, like oh can Budge actually write a story based on this thing? <laughs> um, so it was two. Th- so it was 2005, uh, and Kajo sends me a text out of the blue. And to put it into context, me and Kajo work in an ad agency in the Philippines, which means you work from nine to five, which means right. you come to work at nine in the morning and you go home to wor- go home at five in the morning the next day. Wow. You know, it's like it's That's a the norm. Ouch. Oh, okay. wow. Damn. You know? um, so. Real. And for me, that was the time I started to like slow down writing my own stuff because work just took a lot out of me. Kajo texts text me out of the blue and says, hey, Budge, you want to do a comic book? He said, uh, he said I want to do a monthly comic book. And I, I just wow. said, that's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I said, we'll never finish a comic book. It's like, <laughs> you know, I, I think it was in the middle of like doing an overtime, you know, it was late at night. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But Kajo said, uh, if you can give me a script that's 20 pages long, I will finish it in 20 days. Wow. wow. And I will draw it one page a day. And he said, wow. And wow. The last wow. 10 days of the month, that's, the, that's time for us to letter, put the, right. put, put the words on the, on the pages. That's so and fast. What? And then yeah. Kajo, that early Kajo said, and I will use images from inside the book to make the cover. So that he doesn't mm. have to draw a cover. Oh, Double. So, <laughs> I had a plan to, you know, do the comic book. So I said, okay, let's test it. So I dug up an old script. So I had right. a really old script, which I couldn't finish because I was mm-hmm. trying to perfect it, right? I was like, oh, this needs to be the greatest 
Filipino graphic yeah. novel ever. <laughs> And I couldn't get past page eight, right? So, <laughs> right, right. But, but it was, it was a, it was a guy named Trese looking down at a dead body, and it was the dead body of the white lady of Valette Drive. Mm, and I didn't know yeah. how to progress. It was a guy, you said? Tres, so- it was a guy. He was, oh, okay, Trese okay. was originally a guy. A man. He was originally mm-hmm. called Anton Trese. And oh, at first, of course, he was an NBI agent, uh, Fox Mulder. And then I right. changed him into, oh, uh, he's a tabloid reporter, which, of course, I was ripping off Carl Kolchak, the night stalker, right? Uh, <laughs> right. So Kajo said, okay, give me a 20-page story, and I'll draw it 20 days. So I got one page, and I sent it to Kajo. And true enough, in one hour, over his lunch break, he drew the page and sent it back to me. Oh, wow. Wow. God. I didn't promise quality. Uh, <laughs> we are interviewing superheroes tonight. I know. Wow, That's my brain amazing. is blown. So, and, uh, go ahead. And, and then, um, so, but there, so he sends me the, the, the sketch just to wrap this little bit up. Uh, and he sent me like a, you know, character profile. I was right. looking Over at, his lunch break. Over his lunch break. <laughs> uh, the only time to do it. Wow. The only time I can do it. It wasn't well. I didn't like. I said I didn't promise budge quality. I just, I just told him I'll finish it in, in, be in done. an hour. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> still, still. Yeah. <laughs> I. I we have to after, get it was after started. seeing that sketch that just something just clicked in me, and I said, "Why this? The the artwork was really cool, and it actually gets reprinted in the back of our first book." I said, but oh, "There's nice. something so." Typical about it. It's. I mean, I was, it, if you look at the page, it's a tough guy. He's got a buntot pocket. You know, <laughs> he's like attacking the aswan. It's like <laughs> it just looks like a lot of the other heroes we like. And I said, yeah. What? And it's then just to me said, we haven't seen uh, in at least in Philippine pop culture, you know, right. a really kick-ass uh, female lead to a book. Right. And said, I just and you know, I I, I don't think I thought it through. I just. Texted Kajo, what if Trese was a woman? And Kajo just said, oh, that'll, that'll be so cool. Nice. <laughs> and in and it was day, born. And in less than an hour, he sends me the sketch. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Nice. That first sketch. And, you know, we didn't say, you know, oh, Kajo, give me like 20 designs of a character. He sends me this one sketch and I said, well, that's her. <laughs> wow. Efficiency right there. Oh, Efficiency. Ha- okay. Wow. wow. We're okay. going to have... We're going to ask Kajo some questions. We're going to ask so, some questions. I have a question, though, for yeah, Kajo, if okay. that's okay. Yeah. Um, as far as, I mean, like, you guys are two guys that basically, like, incepted this entire project. But, like, you know, even from dabbling in comic book writing, I found that it's, like, so difficult to even, like, you have to think like a cinematographer, right? It's like, what do you put in each panel? How do you want to, like, draw out each moment? How How do you even write? for that you know like does it take a different brain to write those scenes and then Kajo do you have to like conceptualize what uh what Budge is writing and go like oh you know it would be better uh expressed this way if we were to express like this visual here and this visual here like how do you guys negotiate that or is how you work standard in the comic book world or do you devise some kind of language that you both understand I'll talk a bit about the writing part because yeah then Kajo can take the 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 bulk of it. Mm-hmm. So, so the secret 
is you leave it all up to Kajo. Wait a minute. Okay. Hold on a second. <laughs> Wait, are you telling me we've all been doing this wrong? <laughs> yeah, that sounds too good to be true. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so there are, so there are, and, and me and Kaja have tried already, I guess, the two typical methods of writing a comic book. So uh-huh. okay. we've done full script, which is similar to what you were just talking about, which mm. is describing, you know, uh, you know, mid shot or like uh, right. close up shot and stuff like that. Um, but um, whenever I give him a full script, it is always uh, picking up from from my favorite writer Neil Gaiman. It is always a suggestion. Nice. Mm. I'm sorry, it's always Neil Gaiman. Neil, so you know, Neil Gaiman says when you write a script for your artist, you you are typically writing him a letter. You you know, if you think about your script, no one else gets to see it except your artist, and you are telling him in the best way possible what your thoughts are. You know. Um, and Gaiman loves to write the full script. And if you've seen an Alan Moore script, that just mm. gets completely ridiculous, right? He would spend <laughs> three pages, single space, uh, type eight font describing, I don't know, one panel. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not Jesus. that upset. Um, right. and, and then me and Kadra have also done the Marvel style, which is, huh? I just... And and this is what I mean by leave it up to Kajo. So sometimes my script will just say, Trece enters a room. There's a bad guy. They fight. But maybe Kajo can talk about how he interprets the script. Yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, so Fudge gives me a general uh, direction for what he wants to happen on that page or or sometimes he tells me the whole story so what mm-hmm. he wants to happen from beginning to end and then he'll make uh, general descriptions of every page and then and then from that page I try to visualize it as fast as I can you know sketch it and that's why the story of an hour to do it I do I have to do it fast because I know that page will not be good. <laughs> that uh, first just, draft will not be good. That would really suck, and we will end up not using it. But uh, at, at, by, if we do it that fast, I can show it to him immediately, and then we'll see uh, if he needs to fix that idea or, mm. or what parts right. of the page yeah, yeah, have yeah. to work out. So... Yeah, so how many times tend does to that iterate like you're right. Like happen. Maybe maybe about four times. Because mm-hmm. after that sketch, uh Budge will have new ideas and then he'll mm-hmm. he'll send it to me and then I'll do another one and maybe that that redo is more refined and from there right. maybe they can start to finalize the dialogue captions from that and then he'll send me those captions and dialogue and I'll just adjust the layout again adjust the panels again to suit that those words and then mm-hmm. throw it throw that third uh, re- revision to him and then and then 
I don't know. We'll, we'll, we can, from that third revision, we can decide if we're, uh, we're going through with the page or not. If, if he's okay with the page, I'll start thinking it and putting the words in. So, nice. yeah, a lot of back, back and forth. And uh, it's fun. It's fun for me. So, so you do tend to iterate on like, uh, iterate many times upon like a, a draft, uh, yes. essentially. Um, you did bring up uh, really quickly. You brought up uh, Neil Gaiman and um, Neil Gaiman, I'm sorry, and um, Alan Moore. Like, do you have any other influences? Like, what led you to this point in terms of like a kind of art that you used to consume? Uh, on on the writing side, um, so yeah, uh, the Gaiman. So it's it's the eighties guys. Gaiman, Alan Moore, Grant Morrison. Mm-hmm. Um, it was of course Chris Claremont that Claremont, they right. in love with with collecting comics. Uh, right. But I guess in terms of writing influence, it would be those guys. Um, I do have to say also that, um, uh, yeah, so the TV shows, like yeah, like I said earlier, um, uh, Twilight Zone, Stephen King. There was one Stephen mm-hmm. King um, uh, book that actually I think still, you know, uh, um, I really enjoy. <laughs> and it was because it was an audio book. So... <laughs> It's called Nightmares and Dreamscapes. And they actually yeah, had those are an anthology uh, series, right? Uh, a fantastic cast to yeah. read that book. So they had Tim Curry, Whoopi Goldberg, as you know, mm-hmm. the actors that read the book. And back in the 90s, that was the well, actually it hasn't changed. I was about to say back in the 90s, traffic in Metro Manila was horrible. And it still <laughs> is. <laughs> um, so being stuck in traffic, we ended up listening to cassette tapes of Nightmares and Dreamscapes. That's um, so cool. So I think those stories, uh, especially one of them, which was about a police station in London that ended up dealing with some Cthuloid-type horror, right? <laughs> but mm. it was interesting that it was... it was a, And it, the thing is, it happened so often that the policeman reporting it was just so, you know, oh, here we, are, here we go again. It's another one of these things. So it was right. one of those interesting things that uh, um, that led me to like, okay, maybe a police procedural is the way to go. Now, I want to come back to, to Neil Gaiman specifically. So Neil Gaiman actually uh, endorsed your, your Indiegogo campaign, correct? Wow. Yes. Can, can you nice. tell us how, like, so what, A of all, of course, getting to interact with uh, and getting this endorsement from one of your heroes, but how did yeah. that happen? I, I, I stalked him. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, that's, like how you like leaned forward. The truth yeah, comes out. <laughs> I know where you live. <laughs> uh, let me qualify that before he says. <laughs> Mister, we have your stalker here, sir. <laughs> He's right here. He's online. He's online. Just jump through the screen. Yes. Um, so yeah, that, so yeah, big Neil Gaiman fan ever since I discovered him on Sandman and just collected. Right. Yeah. Uh, what was it? He started, uh, um, I am trying to remember if it was, okay. So yeah, so he went to the Philippines. He went mm-hmm. to the Philippines, uh, back in, uh, it must've been 2003 or four. Uh, and he filled up an entire, uh, what do you call this, uh, venue. Uh, so I think, I don't know, there must have been like a thousand people just cheering for Neil Gaiman. I think it was the first time it ever happened uh, uh, for him. So I was one of those guys who lined up 
to to get something signed. You know, the line was so long. I think we got up to on the stage at like I don't know twelve midnight. Uh, he stopped <laughs> signing at two in the morning. So it wow. was that long. I got him to sign something, and I think it was a little after uh, me and Kajo finished trese. I created a blog. And I sent, I just sent him an email saying, "Hi, Mr. Gaiman, do you remember me? I'm guy number nine hundred forty-four. Hi, um, and you know, thanks to your stories, me and my friend have written a comic book. And back then, his his Neil Gaiman blog or uh, just started, and he actually posted a link to Tresen. Oh, hey. Wow, back, so cool. Back in two thousand and five. So it was like when I was check, I was like wondering, I was checking this the stats of of my blog back then, and I said, why are a hundred more people? It's just like it's like five people. So it'd be like my mom, my 100. brother, you know, <laughs> good. come to my blog. It's like, oh, there are more people coming to my blog. Um, so that started it, and I just really kept. Um, uh, I was the annoying fanboy. I would just tell him, <laughs> oh, oh, my oh, we God. have a it works. Yeah. yeah, you know, so I would just keep him updated. And, you know, sometime more, more often than that, he'd like say, you know, congratulations, a really short emails. Um, the endorsement uh, to get to that. So, um, uh, and, and then, yeah, so when the book got published, I always sent him copies, you know. Right. Uh, um, uh, the endorsement happened because it, there was, uh, if it wasn't for this one guy, uh, a few weeks before he gave the endorsement, one Filipino tweeted uh, him and said, Mr. Gaiman, why don't you write a story about Philippine myth and folklore? And right. his reply to that was that, oh, there are uh, more, you know, there, there are more, more writers and artists in the Philippines that are very, very capable of writing your stories. And something he said when he was in Manila was that, if he wrote a Manananggal story, it would feel like a tourist writing about a Manananggal. So he said, you know, he, he, he's very conscious about, you know, would this really come out right? Or will it just come out as I'm just somebody from, you know, a distance writing about this topic? Right. So he tweeted about that. And a few weeks later was when me and Kajo launched the Indiegogo campaign. Good so timing. again, I sent, yeah. I sent a nice little email to him saying, hi, I'm 944 guy. <laughs> oh my God. Remember me? Years later. Right. And, then, and then he retweeted my tweet. That's oh, great. That's awesome. That's Does so he cool. know now? Oh, Does he know now that you guys are getting produced by Netflix? I've, 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 as, as always, I'm still like sending him. So, Mr. Um, Neil Gaiman, sir. I know that's so. That's pretty. That's pretty awesome. Um, well, and I love. And I love that he's so like respectful that uh, about that right. Yeah. too. Right. I mean, he wants to give it. to Makes the me love arms. him more. Right. Yeah. It's very. It's very like um, woke. It's very woke of him, <laughs> for lack of a well, better word. Well, he needs to be. He's Neil Gaiman. Um, but before I do, uh, the creator we move of the master of sleep. About, <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Before we do move into the next. Um, next section i do want to uh, we didn't get your um uh, your influences kajo i didn't want to yeah hit hit upon that really quickly same oh, okay okay um i was already into our local comic comic books here in the philippines even before i was right. exposed to american comic books maybe I, when i was five or six i was already reading the 
Filipino comics here. So my first influences were really Nestor Redondo and uh, Alex Nino and Steve Gunn. Mm-hmm. Got it. Those uh, Filipinos who ended up uh, working for Marvel and DC eventually. So, uh, but the the that the book that made me really want to do comic books for a living is uh, it's the. It's X-Men number one by Jim Lee. I was I, I'm nice. A, Jim Lee. Right. Yeah. Jim Lee. So Jim Lee would be number one on my uh, artist, artist list, favorite artist list. That's, that's super cool. Um, and I know a lot of, you know, you, you're naming some heavy hitters. Um, I, I just want to say that definitely like uh, just looking at the art from Trece, it's, it's definitely got this amazing stylistic uh, sense yeah and i it's it's super unique i think and Teresa um, looks so, so sexy with your hair <laughs> yeah, yeah. you've got the, that the, sexy the razor type yeah, bob this, the, right. yeah with a yeah, that, you know. there you go <laughs> right. but so is um, there a live action version coming <laughs> <laughs> no i know it's an anime right i'm so excited about this honestly. yeah i can't wait to, i just do can't you have wait. any yeah because I know it was announced back in 2018 and um, Jay Oliva was like announced attached to it, um, you know, from DC. And uh, um, is there, do you have any news on that? Um, only th- it's still in production coming soon. Hope <laughs> we give news soon. Nice. Do, do, you get, do you get, do they ask <laughs> you to come on as a consultant? How, how closely are you working with the team? Uh, ever since, of course, when when Jay uh, Oliva got on as the showrunner, then uh, you know he's he's the boss. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, uh, I mean, I guess that's the better arrangement uh, for things. Um, but we did get to spend uh, a day with him. So uh, Kajo got to spend a day with Jay and his art director. Um, I mm. got to uh, a day before Jay and the writing team started the scripts. Um, I got to. Uh, hang out with them at least on video to talk about the characters, um, right. and then after that, you know, they just started rolling uh, ahead. Uh, wow! Do you ever get worried yeah. that they might, I don't know, mess with your masterpiece? <laughs> they, like, they do you trust not, yeah. them, budget? I know. I think the um, Jay, of course. I mean, I only know him by his work, so it's great that he's done Batman, you know, animated right. things, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think he's already got the, that feel. What, what made yeah. us feel that we that the project was in good hands is because of our producers. So mm. our producers are Tanya Yuson uh, and Shanti Harmain. So it's, they, they run a production company called Base, Base Entertainment. It's, uh, loca- it's, uh, they're, they're, in, they're in Indonesia. So okay. mostly it is Indonesian films they produce. But since Tanya is Filipina, then she's also finding Filipino projects. To produce oh, and great. Uh, the great thing about that's Tanya cool. and Shanti is that we met them maybe seven eight years ago so it's been that long they have been pitching Trece that long wow uh, to studios both in the Philippines and mm-hmm. in the US uh, so there were you know there were uh, uh, there were moments where it felt like it was finally going to happen. A live action Tresi was finally going to happen. Oh, but then things. A live action. Yeah. At, at first, we didn't. At first, they were thinking this would make for a great live action film. So. so all that so, CGI. Exactly. So, <laughs> I don't want to pay for that. Costumes, exactly. makeup. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my exactly. God. 
you 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 got that right. So eventually, when it got down to to talking about, so you know, what would it look like? So yeah, I mean, that was one of the factors. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, right. But there were other things that came into play, and definitely it was one of those. You know, oh, maybe you can just have one as long. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> just one, just one, yeah. I mean, just one, the entire series. One of my one of my favorite uh, comments in uh, from, and this is from our our local producers, and of course they know, you know, they know what sells well in the Philippines, right? But one right. producer took a look at Tres and then asked, "So, do you think we should give her a boyfriend?" <laughs> <laughs> Okay, maybe you should read the book first. <laughs> yes, I know. Maybe you should get a sense of maybe the narrative first. Read the story first. Yeah. yeah, I know. Wait, so, uh, as far as the animation goes for the new Netflix series, like Kajo, are you gonna have a hand in like the production element of that? You know, like how involved is the art team with like your original aesthetic? I know. I know. Uh, that one day that we spent with the uh, his art team. Direct J's art team. Mm-hmm. I think they were they were just uh, wanting to see uh, the limitations of the style. Mm-hmm. They they want to know where I take the designs, uh, where it comes from, and then from that maybe I think uh, they were wanting to push it, but they want to know the rules first before they can mm-hmm. bend it. Right, right, right. So in yeah. terms of in terms of visual, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe they'll take some from the comic books. But mm. for me, that's that's as much input I have for the project. Mm. So it's uh, all them. Still, this must be very, very yeah. exciting. Yeah. Very, very. The animation. Very what studio or who's doing the animation for the series? Um, and where are they? Uh, I think I don't know if I can talk about that yet, but oh. it's definitely a studio that uh, uh, Jay has worked with in the past. Right. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. So okay. It's, it's, uh, it's a team that you know he really trusts and has done. He's done projects with them before. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's uh, I I the last time I was in Manila, I got to meet with Tanya, and he she got to show me some art uh, from oh. the series. So, oh, so, yeah, so, you, so you've seen some some character designs and stuff, some already. animatics, uh, and uh, just so far, I've only seen character designs, and I have read the scripts. Wow! So oh, yes, okay. absolutely. Yeah, I haven't seen anything. Like, <laughs> 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 you guys aren't sharing info. Uh, I know. <laughs> and, and that's okay with me. I want to be surprised. Okay, oh. no, that's fair. That's fair. Pleasantly, it's very, I hope. That's, that's very zen of you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so uh, we're we're getting short on time. I do want to uh, before we uh, before we end our section with you. Um, you do um, so. It's uh, Tresa has been printed primarily at a uh, Philippine press, uh, and but you're getting uh, a printing here in the states uh, through the uh, Ablaze imprint. And uh, what what are the details on that? When is that coming? How many books are we getting? Um, first book, uh, so we are reprinting uh, uh, Trece Volume 1, Murder on Balete Drive. Uh, mm-hmm. It will come out this November. Um, so nice. we just got news from our publisher, from Ablaze. Uh, it will be in comic book stores on November 4, and it will be in bookstores on November 17. So wow. it will also be available on Comixology. Uh, nice. Oh, great. 
So, so digitally. And, and uh, in so it actually story wise, it's the same stories that came out back in 2005. But this time, Kajo has decided to redraw all of the stories. Oh wow! And what? Spend an hour on each page. Oh my god! Wow! <laughs> I redrew the whole thing. So you redrew the entire the, the thing. The first issue. The four yes, hundred thirty-six pages. Wow. Wow. But we're just getting the first issue Wait. this November. Oh. No, no, you're getting a 136-page graphic novel. He redrew okay. nice. the oh, entire wow. book. Because he wanted, did you want to improve it, Kajo, or what? what I'm not. It? I'm not very confident presenting the world my lunch break art, <laughs> my one hour, my one hour a page art. I'm but not very. You're proud being of humble. That. I read. The I first know. Issue and the I, artwork is striking. It's so good. I, I looked I at it. Yeah. I don't even know what this next one's gonna look like. Maybe yeah, I can't wait to see it. the. Yeah. Can't wait to see the, the uh, upgraded the upgraded art. Yeah, upgraded that's art. awesome. I didn't I didn't realize it was the How? full redraw. That's yeah, that's amazing. That. Yeah, so, I can't so, wait to see it. So kind of based on that, like I mean, for you, Kajo, how do you feel your art style, or your for that matter, your your nar graphic narrative style, has changed since you're like revisiting these old scripts and these old panels? Uh, I think it improved a little. <laughs> <laughs> so humble. I know. I, I mean, I mean, do, do you feel do you feel you're like restaging anything at all, or or are you? Is it just kind of? Improving I think type? there are there are story. Yeah, I think uh, pacing. I fixed some of the pacing. Some mm -hmm. some stories are very. Uh, some panels or pages are just, are too abrupt. The original ones they're too abrupt. Maybe because we're limited to twenty pages per yeah. volume. This one we're able to add. Four more pages to the original twenty, wow. so we were able well, to I, fix the. Piece. Definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, I love that you have the opportunity to to to, to, to do that. Actually, like cheating. Yeah. Cheating. Now that you. Okay. Sorry. Rodney has one more question, and then we have to move on. So thank first of all, thank you guys for for joining us. Uh, we're so excited. Uh, and and a shout out to Cleos Portacio for for uh, setting this up for us. Uh, so you get in the in, in the introduction. Um, yeah, I had a question because you know it's it's definitely mythology, and Caitlin and, and Jen are actually working on a uh, comic about Filipino mythology as well. Mm -hmm. And I remember I, I actually had a, a dinner with ABS-CBN with uh, Carlo Batik. Uh, he, he came out here and took a, a group of us that are in the industry, Filipino-Americans, to a dinner because they want to expand into like globally. And one of the questions that kind of came up was they were thinking about going like more universal rather than specific and there was a point in the in the in the dinner where i was like no you don't understand like there's so many people that i know uh and even myself that are trying to understand who they are as filipinos by um but by through like filipino mythology by by all these things like and there's so many of these these stories about Aswan and all these things and it's so captivating like why why do you think that is why do you think that um, there is such this resurgence of people yeah. wanting to understand like what the Filipino mythology is but then also like learning like about their culture through the mythology I, I think it's part of uh, 
let me try and answer that question with a with by going off on a tangent. There was a <laughs> there was one time I was in an elevator, and this little girl comes in with his grand with her grandmother, and the girl was I don't know maybe ten twelve years old, and she was raving about Percy Jackson. Naming <laughs> <laughs> all right. of the gods yes. and yeah. the right. Lord of uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And it was like the elevator <laughs> door opens and I step out and the little girl is still and then and there's this guy and that guy is like and when I and this is like you know years ago and when I stepped out of that elevator it just made me think what do we need to do to get that little girl talking about Philippine folklore and mythology and all of right. you know all of our all of our, our, our epics and legends, right? And right. maybe that's partly that's partly it, Rod. <laughs> there is you you're looking at this generation that has been exposed to to your Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Percy Jackson. Right. So they're they're they've they've now been opened up to this world of fantasy, which made them suddenly realize and look around and say, "What about where I come from?" Right. Mm-hmm. So I think. Mm-hmm. And take a look at again and uh, at how the world has embraced manga. Look at how the right. world has. Oh, yeah. Every time a new manga comes out, suddenly you become a ninja expert, or you become you know <laughs> you, you memorize the the, the uh, what do you call the this names, uh, yeah, the, the Naruto, you know, you know whatever <laughs> things, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Guilty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Calling it's, it's me like that, right? Yeah. What, yeah, exactly. So, what is it yeah. about? Um, th- there is something about you know when you expose them to a mythology and a world that just makes them fall in love with that. So, I think right. I think that's it. I think now that uh, they've seen what the, the what the neighbors have done, they're like going, "What about me? What, what's around?" And 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 now and I guess I don't know, uh, maybe thanks to the internet, information was not easy <laughs> right. to find before. And I get like I told you before, I had one book as my source material. Mm-hmm. So so maybe it's a mix of that. It's this awareness of what other countries have, and then this now desire to like learn more about ourselves, and it's now coming out through story. Yay! Right. Yay! I'll agree with that. I think there's a, there's definitely like a, a, a resurgence for for interest and love in it, and I'm glad that we're all hopefully riding that to some kind of success. So yeah, uh, no, I, the reason that me and Jen were freaking out about the quick turnover, like the pace at right. which you guys work, is because our team. And I'm not saying this because people are lazy or anything. <laughs> what are you going to say? We move. We all collectively move at a glacial pace. You know, mm-hmm. it's just so hard. <laughs> Making comics is so hard. And I don't know. I, that's why I'm just in awe of you guys right now, honestly. Yeah, that one hour turnaround is amazing. Yeah, I've never I, heard that for before. us, it's more like one year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I just want to thank both of you. Sorry, you have one last thing, Andy. Oh, we scary, we really, really need to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go uh-huh. ahead. Uh, so uh, I just want to thank both of you for um, for joining us. It, it's been a tremendous talk, and thank you for like making time. Uh, I know there's a lot of time zone differences here. As, is there anything else that you would like to uh, plug or say uh, with both uh, Tracy coming out here and on Netflix? Um, so yeah, so with uh, for for everyone who's in the U.S. and around the world, uh, look for 
the Ablaze edition. It's it's called Trece Volume One: Murder on Balete Drive. Uh, it to our readers in the Philippines, it will be available in Phil Bars and Comic Odyssey. Um, and please visit myavenida.com, uh, which is our Philippine publisher, if you want to see new local stuff. And uh, if you follow Kajo on Instagram, he's been posting some preview art. I've been following you all for like last year. So. <laughs> surprise I, i've been like i've i've i'm your i'm your weird fanboy that's like oh my god what is he doing now? <laughs> not 499 in my yeah I'm, I'm your 499 uh my avenida i was just looking for that uh <laughs> link really quick i write that i was looking for it as well yep my uh, avenida.com my avenida.com my avenida.com yep why am I getting a Spanish website? Yeah, <laughs> it's all in Spanish. I'm getting it. Yeah. We'll we'll ask we'll ask you about we'll it. We'll find later. it, <laughs> and then uh, we'll put it on our all our socials. But uh, well, I just want to uh, thank you thank you both so much for joining us, uh, despite like the uh, the difference in time zones and thank you. Thank uh, you. much con- continued su- success. And uh, can't wait to hear more about uh, the anime. Um, everybody in the uh, chat is super excited. Uh, so yeah. Thank you all. Thank you both. And um, have a good day. So we'll have talk to you soon. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All the yeah. thanks. Emotes. <laughs> thank you. Uh, I don't have a thank you emote. Let's. Just, we're just going to use this. It's a GG. Uh, but- <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you for all to to all our guests today uh to eugene uh to kajo and budget uh, lots of cool stuff you know it is again the end of our season this is our season finale and um uh again we're not going to be gone completely but this time slot will be uh we'll, we won't be here for a couple of months uh that doesn't mean to say that we're not doing anything uh we are still going to be putting out content uh we're still going to have some kind of a stream schedule um but really quickly we are um uh we are starting up a patreon and this is just to help us uh, produce the show in our next season. Uh, there are a few things we were looking at in terms of uh, rewards, like um, getting listed, uh, li- listed on a Twitch credits rolls, um, higher like a discount on merch that we're going to hopefully be hopefully be put out putting out uh, VIP VIP status. I can't talk on Discord. Um, early access to exclusive content. So we are going to be rolling that out um, pretty soon. Uh, Check out uh, the link when we post it. Um, And again, that's just to help us um, continue to produce more content because we do want to create more content for y'all and uh, hopefully better, higher quality, um, you know, uh, better production value stuff. Not that this is bad, but I'm just saying, you know. know, Better is better. Better Better is is better. better. Better is better. Um, again, thank you everybody for this amazing season, uh, for all, all the support, all the subs, all the follows, all the bits and that everybody the has been. And that we just got. And the donuts. Yes. <laughs> did we get a dono? Yes, we did. From Infernal. Thank you, Infernal. Hey, thank you for the dono. Thank Jeremy you for the Germ. bits, Germ. Yeah, thank you for the bits. Y'all are, uh, y'all are the only reason we're still around because you're here <laughs> watching us, honestly. And, um. As long as uh, you're here, I think we're going to be doing some cool stuff. So um, nice. uh, we have a lot of cool stuff uh, in line for next season. 
um, do follow us on Instagram, on uh, on uh, Twitter. Uh, follow us here on Twitch. Not like you need to be told, but uh, uh, subscriptions, all that stuff. Thank you to the cast, to the group, the crew for um, an amazing season. Uh, a welcome to our new um, co-host Andy Lowe. Although we've already officially um, welcomed him, I want to say. <laughs> it doesn't again. hurt to Andy. do it again. Again, again, yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, seriously, thanks for joining us, Andy. He'll be back again uh, once we, we start back up. Um, hopefully, like in the new year. And uh, that's it, everybody. Uh, does anybody else want to say anything? Um, thank you so much for having us for this uh, second season, even though, you know, th the primary bulk of it was during quarantine. And, right. you know, we've grown so much as a podcast, like, and as an online presence uh, during this time. And it's thanks to everybody here at Twitch. So, Thank you so much for joining us and for those regulars who have been joining us week after week. This is for you guys. So, As we all live out our cyberpunk dystopian fantasies. Of <laughs> <laughs> right. I forgot to cue Existing the online. <laughs> Thank you, cyberpunk. everyone. Every single person who has tuned in to Pangeekery on a Monday evening. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for watching the streams, watching people playing video games, listening to our ramblings and our vulgarities. We're here today because of you. Because we... of you. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you everybody. And, and uh, thank you all of you for having me on board. Uh, this has absolutely. been very fun. Of course, Chinese pirate. And uh, yeah, I look forward to the future. Yay. Yay! Rodney, Hopefully anything. Hopefully a brighter future. Yes, much brighter future. Much brighter future. Yeah. L uh, literally brighter and less red. <laughs> while, while, I I, while I talk, literally. how about we look for somebody to raid? And then um, okay. while, I, while I talk and give us some final, yeah. final uh, thoughts. Um, yeah, I just want to thank everybody. You know, obviously this season has been really challenging just because of what we're living through, right? And what we hope that we did during the season was to provide some sort of escape, some sort of way to kind of keep your mind off things, to sort of examine the world that we're living through the eyes of like geekdom. You know, we talked about Watchmen. We, you know, we we analyzed the art, but also we understood that like there's a lot to it that's apl applicable to what we're living through with like Black Lives Matter. Uh, you know, fighting white supremacy, all that stuff. And that's the that's the power of geekdom, right? That's the power of story, that we can look at uh, greater societal things, greater issues through the lens of storytelling, through geek storytelling. But and also, I hope that what we were able to do uh, is be able to sit around and be like, just geek out about stuff and provide a community for all of you to just be to fly your geek flag, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to fly your geek flag. I actually saw a tweet from uh, T-Pain, of all people. Uh, he's now streaming because of quarantine, right? And so many people are. So many people. So many people are streaming now because of quarantine. And one of the things he says, coming, coming as an African-American and a rapper, too, in the hip-hop world, uh -huh. he said that he basically said, I wish I had not cared what people said about geek stuff 
earlier on because now he's just like having the time of his life geeking out playing games on stream and i had that same feeling right i had that same feeling growing up where i felt like i couldn't fly my geek flag because of what people would say about me right so at the end of the day i hope that's one of the things that we do as a community that we're able to allow you guys to fly your geek flag um and you're amongst geeks and that we can sit around and talk and just literally talk for hours about geek stuff and and play games and just have a great time um so at the end of that so um much much love and thanks to earl to jen to caitlin and andy and also you know i'd be remiss to say you know thanks to walter and to aaron uh, and Arnold. And Arnold. Yes, and Arnold. And Arnold. <laughs> Talk to uh, Jacob. Who is that guy? <laughs> ja- the rest of the crew. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you, Jedi. Thank you, Hazel. Kersha. Kersha. Um, anybody that's any did anything for us during the season and even seasons past, like you know Ed and Mark and uh, you know all those all those fellas and all those people. Um, we have a lot planned uh, for the off season, but we also have. Um, some really you know other things planned along the horizon as well so you know keep you know follow us please check out the patreon i know we're going to be on break but we will be releasing content that will be worth the patreon as well right so if you you know i'm not gonna lie it's been it's been it's been it's been tough but you know we love we love doing this we love doing this for you and but we also know that you know it does it does cost us you know, and we we want to get to a point where we can be very sustainable and just, you know, put more, more and more stuff into this podcast, you know, and, and the community and all the things that we're doing. So if you guys, you know, feel a need, we'll be posting the, you know, Patreon. If you can, we understand it's a really tough time for a lot of people. But uh, if you love what we do and want to help support, you know, please, please consider, please consider. So, um, yeah. I think that's it for me. And um, thank you, everybody in chat. Thank you, all, all the everybody and anybody's like. And uh, yeah, we had some pretty pretty amazing milestones too. Dice K's video is like it's over sixteen thousand, I think now views on YouTube. Yeah. Um, so thank you to all the guests. Thank you to you know all the guests that have been with us all, all season long as yes. well. Ooh, guests all the guests. guests, so many guests. Can, can I also put out a plug? Sure. For sure. Uh, so, if everyone enjoyed any of the previous uh, discussions with the, uh, the the cast members of Ghost of Tsushima, you can see many of them all together this coming Wednesday. East West players uh, YouTube eh? and uh, YouTube and Facebook page, and our East West ways. East West Wednesdays program at five o'clock PM. We will have a panel discussion with Daisuke uh, Tsuji, uh, Karen Hui, Francois Chow, Theodore Chin, uh, Tim Dang, um, who else met Lauren Tom, and uh, and Michelle Wong. So uh, if you'd like to check that out and see all of them kind of talking together about what this process was like, uh, and get a little bit more insight into the creation of Ghost of Tsushima, uh, check that out. Cool. Hey. Yay, nice. All right, you want to go ahead and sign us out there, Earl? 
All right, folks. Uh, thank you once again uh, for everybody, for everything, for all the love, for all the bits, for all the cheers, all the subs, all the follows for this entire past few months. We are going to come back bigger, better, stronger in a couple of months, uh, recharged, and uh, we're going to have some premium content for you all. So can't wait to do that. In the meantime, everybody stay safe. We'll still see you, but in a limited capacity. <laughs> but in the meantime, everybody stay safe, take care, take care of each other, and be well. Good night, everyone. Stay geeky. <laughs>